Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. Hey, it's Kira. Tune in to Saturday Breakfast on Red FM from 7 a.m. and wake up your weekend with music, chats, and all that's happening in Cork. That's Saturday Breakfast on Red FM with me, Kira Revens. Lovely story in the echo, buried away in there. First Irish strawberries of the season are now in the shops. I'm not talking about the forced ones. I'm not talking about the ones that come in from overseas. You get strawberries any time of the year. I'm talking about the legit little red berries. And they uh, are with us again. The first Irish strawberries of the season in the shops. And indeed, it won't be too long now before we start getting the new spuds out of the likes of Ballycotton, I'd say, in the next couple of weeks, if not sooner. We shall see. But big news today. From today, we have changes to restrictions. Uh, and if you didn't know what they would be, outdoors is the main uh, is the main event. So you're going to have uh, people on pitches, you're going to have people on tennis courts, golf courses, um, and uh, this is between a maximum of two households and all those caveats. But a lot more by way of outdoor restrictions lifted today. Um, they also talked today of underage non-contact outdoor training in pods of fifteen. All of that can resume. A lot of attractions are open again. We're looking at zoos. Um, open pet farms, heritage sites, not the amusement parks just yet. Um, and indoor areas, those will have to stay closed. But th- say a good example would be the likes of, the likes of Fota. Uh, and indeed any of the pet farms around. Changes as well to funerals, um, 25. Maximum attendance at a funeral goes up today to 25. Um, and again, they call it on compassionate grounds. They don't see weddings as being compassionate. They stay as you are, staying at six. But the front of the independent today talks about mass confusion, as in the religious uh, service, uh, because they are planning to allow... Um, about mid-May, 50 at Mass, but not 50 then in the church at a wedding or a funeral. So that's kind of confusing, isn't it? I mean, is it not the, the same thing indoors, whether you're at a Mass, at a wedding, or indeed at a funeral? But all of the papers this morning have pages and pages and pages of people enjoying the outdoors, hitting the beach, and all sorts of places like that, um, heading to the seaside, heading to parks. And of course, we saw it with quite a lot of traffic jams over the weekend, people trying to get to and trying to get back. But we also had tragedy, unfortunately, here in Cork. Um, and uh, and some near misses too. But awful sad news uh, this morning of a young Cork student, 22-year-old, uh, who died in a 50-foot cliff fall tragedy. Uh, and we're talking about poor uh, Connor King and his um, heartbroken family. So the papers carry that in detail. I will come back to it a little later on because I'll be kind of uh, looking back at the events over the weekend with regards to all of the different emergency services that were engaged in activity uh, right across. We had six who were trapped in Rocky Bay in a cave there and they had to be winched to safety. And then there was the story of the kite surfer, surfer the hero kite surfer, in fairness to him, um, who uh, managed to uh, pluck a woman from the water and saved her life, fellow called Dylan Green. So more about that in, in a few minutes' time. But um, a lot of outdoor activity and a lot of people gathering and having their few pints and their few cold ones outdoors, which is a heck of a lot better, I can tell you, than being stuck inside in a house party if you're outdoors. Open the beer gardens or you'll lose the goodwill of the people. Uh, that's the government's warning from the Vintners Federation and the Licensed Vintners Association. They're coming together saying we really need um, uh, the pubs to open outdoor for hospitality, whether it's a couple of pints or a glass of wine or a bit of food outdoors. Keeping us shut is pintless. Pintless is a front pager making the mirror today. So the publicans want that to happen uh, from May 24th in line 
with the resumption of indoor services in the north. If they can open indoor in the north, then we should be able to open outdoor down here. Uh, Michal Martin is saying that the plan as he's out as he's outlining it and as we're rolling it out is that he never wants to go backwards again in the sense that the warning came, you know, to people to stick to restrictions, if you like, because he said anything we open now, we plan to keep open and this and we'll never, ever go back to stop and start again. But with that in mind, there's a bit of a war on booze down the track, apparently, with the star saying uh, that prices are going to go up. But just to put it simply, uh, they're going to increase the cost of cheap alcohol. When I when I say cheap alcohol, it'd be off uh, off pub settings. So that would be off licenses and indeed supermarkets. So they'd be increasing those prices right across. I'm not just talking about beer and cider. I'm talking about, um, you know, um, you know, strong liquor as well and, and wine. Uh, other political leaders actually making the news. Boris Johnson is just a guy who keeps on giving with regards to stories and himself. I mean, talk about poking Dominic Cummings. Why would you do that, like, when he knows where all the berries are, bodies are buried? But it's also to talk in the UK now as to... Um, who paid for the refurbishment of his flat in Downing Street. But another one is a story that makes the mail, where it's alleged that he was quoted as saying, uh, let bodies pile high in their thousands. He said that he would prefer to see bodies pile high in their thousands than order a third lockdown in the UK. Um, you know, everything gets leaked, isn't it? And you just don't know anymore what's true, what's not true, what's made up and what's fake. What we do know is the school, school down in Yall has had to close. Uh, public school in Trinoida has said to close because um, of an outbreak of COVID within, uh, I believe it's within sixth year, I think. I'm open to correction on that, but 11 cases at the school and they've closed it for today now. As to whether it'll be longer than today, I do not know. I will be returning to that because of some emails on it. And the reluctance to get vaccinated is highest among young people, but at the same time, 85% of people are happy to take the jab, apparently. So the 15% must be younger generation, perhaps. And then, of course, what's happening in India is just so tragic on a daily basis now. Uh, they are reporting 400,000 and 500,000 positive cases and everybody scrambling in whatever way possible to try and get vaccines to India and also medical equipment there, ASAP. Um, you may have seen some of the videos online and the papers pick up on them this morning and some of the photographs are just um, incredible to look at. The forest fires in Killarney National Park at the weekend, they figure that they could well have been started deliberately. And if you want to get away from it all, the mirror is a lovely story down west. You can buy your own island down in West Cork and you don't have to be super rich to do so, they say. It's coming in at a paltry €145,000 price tag and it is down in Roaring Water Bay. It's called Goose Island and it's there waiting for you. Uh, and it's only a short trip if you had a punt or maybe a yacht or a cruiser to get you out there. Uh, from Coonamore Pier. So it's a lovely photograph of it. You'd probably have to build, unless you wanted to pitch a tent. And then, with issues regarding um, uh, how we um, unfortunately objectify women's bodies, I see the mirror this morning has broken down the perfect I'm celebrity. Bo- I'm a celebrity body. What they've done is taken different body parts from different famous people. Uh, you can't do that. It sounds rather Frankenstein-y to me. But they have the forehead of one Celebrity. They have the legs of another. They have the nose and cheeks of a third. Uh, the bum of Maura Higgins, incidentally. The lips, the necks and the boobs. But at least they just don't limit it to women. Because men get a look into the hair, the forehead, the eyes, the nose, the chin, the arms, the chest and the legs. 
and as a man, I'm interested in the different men that they pick. Uh, Kit Harrington, uh, Ben Affleck, Dwayne Johnson, Christian Ronaldo, and Channing Tatum. Papers also say that if you talk to your baby in your womb, you are certainly doing the right thing because there's research out now saying that pregnant women who stroke their bump or talk to their bumps will be reassured to know that your baby in the womb um, is aware of it and they are responding to you in the womb. They appear to show signs of trying to communicate when they hear their mother or they feel her touch. Um, so keep on doing what you do. It makes sense. And also, while you're at it, get outdoors, smell the roses, do a bit of gardening, because it's just as good as going to the gym. I find that very hard to believe. I really do. I don't think you could ever build up, up as much, unless you're cutting down trees now or something. But general gardening? Come on, give me a break. The Neil Prenderville Show. Lines open one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Text 0868104106. And I know the weather was absolutely glorious, wasn't it? Who could blame people for being out and about or indeed mixing with their friends outdoors, at least with the fresh air? But while the weather was beautiful at the weekend and the crowds flocked to the beaches, as I said a while ago, there was also tragedy uh, along our coastline. And 22-year-old Connor King uh, from Douglas died after falling 20 metres into a blowhole from the cliffs near Garrettstown Beach in County Cork. Now, um, his photograph um, makes many of the papers today and our thoughts are with the family. Can I, can I say, I, I do know members of the extended family and my heart is broken for them because they're a beautiful family. You wouldn't, the, those in the family, the extended family that I know, you wouldn't meet nicer, more generous, kind, helpful, hospitable, friends or neighbours than these people. They are just wonderful, wonderful people and everybody should be thinking and just have a quiet thought and a quiet moment uh, on their loss this morning, the loss of beautiful 22-year-old uh, Connor King. So are those uh, who know him and indeed those uh, who went to um, what would have been CIT with him now, um, the MTU, and particularly the department and faculties that he was um, studying in. But what actually happened? It was a very, very busy weekend in general uh, for our lifeboat, lifeboat services amongst them, uh, Court Mac Sherry Lifeboat. And they were called out a couple of times over the weekend as well. Um, and I'm joined by Mark, Mark Gannon, the coxswain from uh, Court Mac Lifeboat. Mark, good morning. Uh, good morning to Niall. And, and uh, I, lovely, lovely sunny morning down It here is a lovely Kerry. sunny morning. It was a super, super weekend. And with that in mind, of course, people headed to the water and they headed to the outdoors. This is absolutely tragic. Um, w- w- you guys weren't actually involved in the, the call-out, in the emergency call-out. Was it like late Saturday evening the call came in with regards to Mark, wasn't it? Connor, I should uh, you're say, t- sorry. You're, t- you're yeah. talking about, uh, yeah. Firstly, I'd like to just offer my condolences to uh, Connor King's family. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, most of these incidents all end well, but, you know, the odd time they do end in, 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 tragedy, in tragedy like this, you know, and it's really, really heartbreaking for the family, you know. Um, we actually didn't get a call to, uh, to that incident. The Coast Guard, um, the, the, the Coast Cliff Rescue looked after that, and uh, the Subacco Club came in as well, the, the, um, the divers were, were, uh, were tasked. Yes, down, down around the old head, right? That's right, near Gaston, yeah. You know, there's a, a blowhole there, and I suppose you know. What is that? What is a blowhole? A blowhole is when uh, over over hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years, the tide would uh, would um, would make a cave, and then after a while, then the pressure of the air going into the cave just to breaks up the rock, and it opens up then um, up to the top of the ground. So you have um, the, the tide comes in then, and you get this uh, this rush of water then, 
and that's why they call it a blowhole then. Because you can be pulled out to sea having fallen down. There, because, because, well, you could, yeah. Exactly. yeah there was a yeah. girl pulled from... Is there a difference between a blowhole and a sinkhole? Well, well, a sinkhole would be kind of... A, that could happen inland, you know. But a blowhole is specifically for... That happens on the coast, you Okay, know? because it's there was a girl pulled... By, yeah, it's caused by wave action. Yeah, some... Wave some action erosion, you know. Yeah. And then there was a, there was a, one of his mates then um, tried to go to his aid, isn't that right? Had to be treated in a hospital with hypothermia, I believe. That's right, yeah, sure, I suppose. Uh, they all did their best to try and rescue rescue Conroy, I would imagine, you know. But um, an awful tragedy. Awful tragedy Especially indeed, with, yeah. You know, young people trying to enjoy themselves after uh, enduring the lockdown and everything and everybody's trying to get out and enjoy themselves and then things like this happen, you know, it's very heartbreaking. Right. Um, and I suppose all of you are on alert. The minute you hear of good weather or, or maybe a few days of good weather coming back to back, you know all of our emergency services and lifeboats as well, that you could well get a call. And, and, and you did get a call then, didn't you, with regards to somebody who was struggling on the water? Well, firstly, like I said, I'm actually not the, um, the, the full-time coxswain in the station. Um, we have a full-time coxswain, a full-time engineer in the station. I'm the volunteer second coxswain. So I take over the station um, and I do holidays and weekend relief and all that, you know. You were on duty. So, yeah. so, so I was on duty, exactly, yeah. But um, on, on Friday evening... At about twenty past five, the pages went off, and we had um, we had a call to uh, two swimmers. This uh, this uh, well, actually, one swimmer was in difficulty in Broad Strand, but um, I got into my car and they were to go into the station, which is about one and a half kilometres away. And to actually, my wife was on the phone to say that um, she went swimming with her friend Mary, and that the tomb got swept out with the with the strong current, and there was a big swell, and there's a. Uh, and that Mary was it was in a, a bit of difficulty. So you oh, was your wife was out with the girl. It was, it was actually my <laughs> my wife went swimming with her friend. Yeah, I'll be darned. And, uh, Small world yeah. then. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, exactly. So anyway, well, how did she call you? Was it after the event or what? Or did she manage to get back? No, no. Trish was swimming with Mary, and she realised that Mary was in difficulty, and with the conditions of the time, she said she made, had to make a split decision straight away and and uh, what to do, what to do next. So she headed straight for the shore and she said it was a, a real hard swim, but she made it anyway. And there was a girl walking on the beach and she shouted over to her, I need your phone, I need your phone. She rang the Coast Guard straight away anyway and um, they alerted the, mer- the emergency services. So then my page went off. So I'm going down the road, um, down, to, down to launch the lifeboat. And then I'm thinking, you know, it could be a real, a real disaster, like. But anyway, we, we we launched very quick, went to Broad Strand, but there was a, a kite surfer there, and uh, Trisha knew it. He was Trish was after seeing him, um, you know, kite way out, and and he was and kite surfers is bored with sail, yeah. Just exactly, to explain yeah, to people, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. fabulous to you know, watch them, yeah, uh, fabulous. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Dylan was there anyway, and he was kite surfing up and down the strand. So Trish, Trish saw him a few times when they were swimming, so she knew that he'd probably be coming back in again any second, you know. So she went down to the, she ran up along the beach where, just opposite where he was kite surfing and uh, started waving that to him anyway. And he came over to her and she just said, my friend's in, in trouble outside. Can you please go out and, uh, and uh, assist her please? And he went straight away out. And of course he used the wind then to, uh, to drag Mary ashore then with the kite, you know. So it was, we were so lucky that he was there because, um, you know, it would be 15 minutes by the time the light was. I think we're there in about 15 minutes. So he arrives at our he arrives at our side on the board. What what does he, what did he do? 
Oh, he just he just caught her and, and used the sail then. He actually ditched the board, I think. He just uh, d- uh, grabbed Mary and then used the sail then to drag her into the shore. It was like a textbook rescue. It was unreal, actually. Like floated yeah. on the, uh, floated and paddled on the sail. Sorry? Did he float and paddle with her on the sail? Well, he, well, he would just see because he'd have a wetsuit on, so it did yeah. great buoyancy, you know? Unbelievable. Because yeah. he was quoted at the weekend saying... Yeah, go on. Well, strand is not an area, really, for kite surfing. Very, very rarely you see them there. But normally it's Garth Stone, Cool Main, you know? Them beaches, like. So it was very... It was just... It was just a miracle that he happened to be there, you know? He was quoted in the papers as saying the conditions were challenging enough and my concern was about what would happen if both of us got into trouble out there. But he managed to get them safely, himself and her. Mary, you said, wasn't it? To, to shallow water. Yeah, Mary. Sorry, yeah. He did. He did, in fairness, Sarah. He's, he's a very experienced um, kite surfer. And so, he's a, a local man here. He's from the Bannispital. So I think he knows... He knows he knows the the water fairly well, you know. But he was able to he as I say he executed the rescue very professionally. And then when when Mary was brought ashore, and the the ambulance came to check her out, but thank God she was okay, and uh, they they allowed her to go home, and she's recovering fine, thank God. Amazing, isn't it? And, and that also, first, that was the first of three incidents. No, no, no but I just just on that, it yeah. was amazing that it was your wife was swimming with her and I know. at the foresight oh, yeah. to get help. What was going? On? Is it tidal? Are there rip currents? What is it? Yeah, look, look, the weather was fairly rough anyway that evening, and uh, the tides are are fairly strong at the moment. We're, we're we're nearly up to spring tides, you know. So I suppose the combination of both, and you know, you get relaxed in the water swimming, and the next minute the current drags you out a bit and. You've always got to be very vigilant, you know. You must have got an awful fright. Your wife, Trish, must have got an awful fright, did she say? Well, she, she said to me after, she said, like, if I went back and tried to, 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 to get Mary to go ashore, to try to drag her into the shore, I think the two of us would have been, um, would have been, would have been drowned. Good God. Because it's, you must remember the water's only still around 9, 10 degrees. And they don't have wetsuits on, they're out swimming just in their togs. So, in fair, in, in fair play to Trish, that she made the right decision in um, in going for help straight away. Trish was a member of the lifeboat crew here for sixteen years. So, in the lifeboat, like it's always kind of, um, you know, you you hear the message like you save yourself to save your friend. You know, that's what she did. Yeah, and it yeah, made exactly. all the. But if it wasn't for if it wasn't for your wife attracting um, Dylan Green, it'd be an entirely different situation. Waving at him, calling him for help. Well, that's why when she ran up and down the beach, yeah, like, waved your arm, you know, and then he knew straight away. But it was great that he realised straight away that there was a, there was an emergency, came straight in, and then when Trish pointed where Mary was, straight away out by, and he executed the rescue in, um, in uh, you know, like, it was like a textbook. Incredible. A textbook. <laughs> Very unassuming <laughs> chap, I'm told. Not looking for any labels as hero, not looking any for any public attention, just did what he had to do. I don't know myself, no, but uh, I know people that know him, they said he's a... Uh, Fierce, uh, fierce, nice fellow altogether. Great, great character. So, when by the time you guys got there, um, it was all over. But you did have other calls the the weekend. Yeah, by the time we got there, it was all. You know, like like these things happen so quick as well. You know, it's speed is really kind of important. All over in fifteen minutes. We were so lucky that he was just on the beach at the time. You know. Yeah. What about the what about the what about the six trapped in Rocky Bay in a cave then? That's right, you know, they, they, I suppose they went in at low tide and, and, and they were kind of just, I suppose, rambling and relaxing and whatever and next minute the tide is in on top of them, you know, and we had to get the, the helicopter came out to rescue them. That fast yeah. did Titan come into a cave? That fast? 
Absolutely, yeah. Tide comes in, can, you know, certain like certain areas around the coast, the tide can uh, can 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 really come in really really quick, you know. How did they get them out? You, know, you can see a sandbank, like you see a sandbank at low tide, and an hour later the sandbank is covered. But I know the Coast Guard were involved, Oysterhaven were involved, Crosshaven yeah, was we involved. We weren't involved in that risk, you know. Uh, yeah, Valencia Coast Guard coordinated, but how did they get them out? Chopper? Uh, a chopper, a winchman, yeah, but they were all winched, uh, winched to safety. Yeah. Yes, they must have got an off. Imagine happening, that happening to you. You must lose your life know, inside yeah. there and the water comes in. But I suppose um, nearly all of the cockets are headed for the course this weekend. And what else were you guys involved in at the weekend? Well, we were exercised in on Saturday morning and uh, we got a call at 11.50 that there was four swimmers in difficulty in Garthstown. So we made haste over to Garthstown anyway, but uh, looking up, somebody with a, with a, a surfboard was able to assist and, and get the four, the four people ashore. So that all ended well, thank God, you know. Surfboard one by one, is it? I, I'm not sure now. The Coast Guard stood us down after about 30 minutes. We just arrived on scene, and the Coast Guard said, It looks like everything's okay now. The, 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 the four people have managed to get ashore, you know? Incredible. Incredible. Well, and, then on, and then yesterday, then, uh, Ken Cashman, one of the deputy coxswains, uh, we had a call, I think about half past three, yeah, about half past three, and that was for um, a windsurfer in trouble over in Garthstone, a member of the public had called it in. And you see, when the public call in these things, sometimes, you know, it might be mistaken, sometimes they, they you know, but it's great, that the member, the, 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 it's great that the public takes such an interest and they're watching what's going on. And, mm. and if they do see somebody in difficulty, to ring it in and sure if they're wrong, so what about it? Mm. You know, better to err on the side of caution, you know? Mm. So anyway, the, the, the lifeboat went over anyway and did a search and there's nothing found and they contacted the Coast Guard and the land-based patrol on the shore, and they said everything was okay again, so they returned to station. And so we we three calls the weekend, you know. So that was it then. And what what message would you be giving to people? I mean, it, the the water is still very cold, isn't it? The water is very cold, you know. And I'd say don't stay in too long, and I'd say don't go too far out of your depth, and swim with friends, you know. Make sure there's a few friends with you, and then. That's what you need. You need people. To, if you do get into trouble, they can assist you. You know. Yes. Yeah. Because there would clearly there are no lifeguards on duty, and no, would there have been any lifeguards on duty at the weekend? Um, the good weather. I'm not too sure now yeah. whether they start or whether do they start the first of May or not. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Days, it's probably you know? a little bit early. But I think I think it's a bit early too. And you know, people realise too the water is very cold. You know, it's only nine or ten degrees, and even in summer, even in summer. You can get hypothermia after an hour and a half, you know. So if you go out too far, um, the strength of the tide, particularly if it's going out, or the swirling currents, you have you're not going to outswim that. Well, you know, you 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 you've, uh, you're in trouble. Then, like, if you can't if you can't go against the current, and you can't get back to um, back to the beach, that you you you're, you you just float. Then the best thing to do is to just float, and just float and and and. Trying to attract somebody's attention, Float. you know. If you keep on trying to swim, you're going to exhaust yourself, and then you're going to be in real trouble. Then, well, that's good you know? words of advice for everybody who might find themselves in, a, in a, an emergency like that. Float on your back. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Just float away and uh, and conserve your energy, and you know. And then hope that you're going to be rescued. That's it.
Yeah. Listen, we covered a lot of ground this morning. Thank you so much for taking time to stop by, Mark. I do appreciate it. And we all appreciate all the work that you and all the other emergency service and lifeboats do on our coast. Thank you so much. No problem, Neil. And, and you know, it's great to see all the young kids enjoying themselves down by the coast. And uh, it's great to see them out and about. And, and uh, you know, hopefully this pandemic will all be behind us now shortly. Yeah. yeah. And so say all of us on that one, pal. And so say all of us. Cheers, Mark. Thanks for taking the call. Well done. Well done. Mark Gannon from Court McSherry Lifeboat. Lines are open at 1850 104 106. You can text 0868 104 106. Back in a minute. Talk to Neil Prinderville now. 1851 104 106. Red FM. And we hope to have a lot of great voxes this week from Seamus, who's out and about doing his thing, particularly with regards to everywhere that's open golf courses and tennis and photo and areas like that. I have some family passes as well for Photo Wildlife Park to give away. Started this morning and a little later on and we'll give them away uh, right across the week. You want to take the family down to Photo. You're welcome back there from this morning. But um, Michal is talking about an outdoor summer. With cert- I mean, clearly that's where people want to be outdoors. But, but the point he's trying to make is that if and when it happens and he doesn't want to go backwards again, it will be outdoors. So that will be uh, hospitality across the summer outdoors. Now, of course, they figure guest houses will open before hotels. But when that happens, of course, that would be a different scenario if you're booked into a hotel. But for everybody else, when it happens, it will be um, beer gardens. Simple as. And actually, I was down in East Cork on Saturday. I'll tell you some more about that a little later on. But while driving... Um, I went through Mogili and Imokili and Killa and areas like that, and I was down around Middleton. But in Killa, the most beautiful beer garden, sitting there waiting for everybody to come back, and it's pristine, is the beer garden in the old hatch in Killa. And uh, I was looking down at it saying, my God, on any other day, with the beautiful weather on Saturday, that would be heaving with people, having a drink, eating, kids playing. Uh, and I was sitting there all lonely and alone. I was thinking, hopefully now it won't be too long before that beer garden, others like it, will be full of people uh, doing what they do best, having fun in the sunshine. But with regards to the hospitality sector, if you're talking about holidaying, certainly across the earlier part of the summer, it will be staycationing at home. Um, but we were curious, actually, with regards to you know people and the reopening of you know, different services as we head across the back end of April and into the summer. And Seamus was on the streets to ask people if perhaps they've even planned a holiday this year um, here at home or overseas and whether or not the vaccine or being vaccinated or green uh, digital vaccine certs would figure in their plans. So this is an interesting response to the holidays. <laughs> Staycation, I think, hopefully in Killarney. I vaccinate tomorrow, but I'm early 40s, so I'm a, a bit down the queue. Um, but no, I've no problem taking the vaccination. We would probably go maybe in August before the children go back to school, but only if the restrictions allow us to, you know. I'm going to try and get over to Holland in June. Yeah, but I'm vaccinated. I'm a nurse, so I'm hoping that that will make it easier. I'm not. I'm pregnant, so I won't be going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for a while. You'll be having a staycation. Yeah, you and <laughs> yeah definitely. <laughs> Hopefully by the end of the year. And have you got vaccinated yourself? Uh, I'm getting my first one on Tuesday. I I jumped at the chance. Well, what's thing at home? Sing local, spin local. And where do where do you plan on travelling to? West Cork, Castletown Bear. The best, best part of the world is like Castletownbear. McCafferty's pub and Castletownbear go for a pint. Can't beat it. And do you hope to be vaccinated before your travel or is that not a worry? Well, it wouldn't be a worry to me anyway. You have to live your life. 
be happy. A lot of people know what works after what I am, so I'll be happy in life. No, I won't be going anywhere. Just two day trips now, that's what it is. But the lack of vaccines going around, I suppose there's no point going anywhere. And the price of the staycations in Ireland is just not worth it, so I just wait till it opens up again properly and go from there. We were going to Barcelona in January, was it? Yeah, Barcelona in January, flight got cancelled. We were supposed to go to Alicante in February. Um, we just decided not to go. Yes, you're having a high life. Two holidays within the space, two months. And we got the refund for the Barcelona, so we said we'd go. But yeah, nothing, nothing, I don't think. Maybe later in the year, we see. Would you hope to be vaccinated before you travel, or is that not a worry? Well, we would like to be, but I suppose with the way it's going now, I don't think that there's a possibility that we could be vaccinated. We're not really high priority, you know what I mean? Like, so. I have no intentions of getting vaccinated at all. I don't know. Really if, if we could, I suppose we would, but it doesn't look like we will. You know, there's like no the, mention of it. Like not being vaccinated, that, that appears to be a, a, a restriction for you then on travelling. That it would be staycation for you then. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of discrimination, really, that they're opening stuff up for vaccinated people, not normal people like Especially yourselves. Especially, like, what are they going to do at the moment? Like, oh yeah, you're going to within a couple of months, there's going to be a green star for EU, and then everybody who's vaccinated can travel. But at the end of the day, the only people who are vaccinated now are healthcare workers and older people. Older people aren't really going on holidays they're definitely not going to be going on holidays healthcare workers are working so the, the majority of the people aren't really going to be able to go like well I, I was hoping I go to America and London then when I can't go at the moment now. so hopefully the end of the year I'll be able to go you know and um, would you uh, have you been vaccinated yet or oh yeah double vaccinated yeah Mary's hoping to go to Donegal to her daughter yeah and, and how soon do you reckon you that that would happen well, we have to wait and see how the virus goes. My daughter in London is hoping to come home in July. The end of July, she was hoping, because I hadn't seen her now. I hadn't seen her for a year. And uh, it all arranged, you know. Her birthday was up and we were having a bit of a do with it all cancelled. Mm-hmm. Eric is very hard. Especially now for widows and widows and they're on their own and all their families going away, you know. That is very hard. So you don't do Zoom or anything like that? I, I don't, know, but my other daughters here do and I go down to them then. They're living local. So we Zoom into, into that then. And it's lovely then you to see them, you know. Especially my daughter in America are just so far away, you know. But look, we're grand, we're above ground and we're healthy. We're hoping to go camping in June. Wicklow. 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 <laughs> Wicklow or it's Cork if we can't go with other companies. So you wouldn't go abroad at, at this moment, would you? No, we're just not planning it because we have... I think we'd be afraid to just, you know, it doesn't seem... Like it's realistic. We need a When I wake up in the morning, love... Great Bill Withers and lovely day. You know something? I know it's a first world thing, but I forgot my phone again this morning. It's only when you don't have it that you realise how much you need it. Because usually I'd be tipping away here with them saying, what year did uh, that, was that a hit? And, you know, did he have, and I'd be Googling that while the song would be on. And then I have a bit of info on the song and what it ends. But don't have that this morning. Uh, but I was telling the lads, and this, this is not the first time that I came out without my fecking phone. I don't know what it is. I should have an alarm when I go within 20 um, you know, meters of the house that beep, 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 beep. But anyway, I live without it. But they, they were saying, and would you not be worried now that somebody might pick up your phone when it's at home and start going through all of the stuff in it? And I said, no. It's like, <laughs> simple, no. And the only issue you'd have with your phone, really, uh, and I've said this in the past, is some of the WhatsApp videos uh, are 
images that so-called friends send you and you actually start wondering, my God, <laughs> what kind of friends have I got? So I have to delete them as fast as possible just in case somebody does need to use my phone because they, you know the way it is. Fellas send you stuff. And it's, it's always guys, actually. It's always fellas send me this kind of stuff. Although I got a great one over the weekend. Um, and I didn't, it was on my Instagram page and I hadn't seen it in an age, actually, um, because I don't get to see everything, unfortunately. But I, I tried to eventually. But I must have been talking about an horrific bout of man flu. Uh, maybe earlier this year, I think, uh, or might have been a reaction to the vaccine. I can't remember, but it knocked me for six. Now, in fairness, like I'm a trooper, um, but I must have been whinging on the air or something about being knocked um, by man flu or something like that, because uh, a female acquaintance of mine sent me one of these um, images from the 1950s. And what it is, and forgive me for saying this now, but I have to, you know, um, you know, listener alert, if you like. It, it's it's a caption of a photograph from the 50s of um, a wife standing, leaning over the bed of her husband, right, with medicine, and he's inside in the bed. Um, it was back in the day, I suppose, when there were single beds. Mammy was in one bed and daddy was in the other. Have you ever seen the black and white films back then? Uh, when, how could they ever make love? They were in separate beds, I suppose, a prearranged time. But anyway, so she's got the little tray and she's standing over him and she's saying to him, and he's in there, he's got a thermometer in his mouth and he's got his 1950s pyjamas on him and stuff like that. And she's saying to him, can I bring you anything else? Orange juice, tissues, your balls maybe? And under it is the caption, man flu. <laughs> I thought it was powerful. Saw another one then also at the weekend. Where did I put that second one? Um, and it had to do with, um, you know, the cork equivalent to the coronavirus. And, and I... I passed this on to you, light-hearted as it meant, as it's meant, and it's actually called Lapsy Pa, and it's a brilliant, brilliant caption uh, that's been done by uh, at Dynamite Cork, and it's called the Corcona virus, the Corcona virus Lapsy Pa, and if you're fee- and it's it's laid out exactly like the HSC lays out coronavirus with all of the warnings, you know what you should do, the symptoms and things. It says things like, if you're feeling like a bit of an idiot, you might have a touch of lapsy pa. If you want to have a look at the caption, it's up on my Instagram page and will be for another few hours. It's on one of the 24-hour stories. Uh, you sh- if, if you have returned from an area that is not Cork, you should stay in your own gaff for 14 days. You might have a touch of lapsy pa. Um, and then, you know, the different headlines for distance. Distance yourself at least two miles away from other people. Keep your mouth shut. Don't say anything stupid. Avoid smelling your armpits in public spaces. Stop annoying the SH out of everyone around you. Lapsy pass symptoms include thinking difficulty, Egypt-like symptoms, sudden loss of cop on, being away with the fairies, and acting like a complete head the ball. You could also substitute that for, in Cork, acting like a complete langball. Um, be sound to each other. Hashtag hold firm like. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. I think it's just so, so clever. But it does raise the question, of course, the age-old question on Lee's side. What do you guys think lapsy pa actually means? If you were suffering with a touch of lapsy pa, what would you have? 
Text 0868-104-106. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Thank you so much. Bill Withers, lovely day. Released December 21st, 1977. Actually, let me just stay on, um, you know, people who are trying to make the most of a bad lot these days. A lot of people have been out of work um, for the last year and some young people actually have been setting up new businesses or coming up with inventive money-making ideas during the pandemic and I'll talk with a few of them across the week. But I want to chat with Sean, a.k.a. the keg fella. The keg fella. Morning, Sean. Hi, Neil. How are you doing? Very good. So you came up with this ingenious idea um, to deliver the whole kit and caboodle to people's homes, is it? No, no. It was my brother came up with the idea, Neil. Right. My brother, my brother Seamus. So he, he was on with you there last week um, about the whole of the moon. Oh, Seamus in London. Yes, James, I'm his brother, Sean. I never knew that. He's got the Howl of the, the, howl of the Moon in, um, what, Hoxton, isn't in, it? In Hoxton, yeah, that's right, yeah. So did he tell you to do this? That's why he set up the website, and then, so when, they, um, when the government did you go ahead um, to start reopening, he went back then, and I just took over then. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what we're doing. We're just delivering the machines and kegs out to people that are looking for them. You still there? I don't know, where are you, Sean? Oh, sorry, I'm, you know, I'm out by the marina. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you're having a stroll. I, I do know what it is. I'm piling on the pounds, Neil, so I said I'd come out and do it to knock off some weight. Too many pints and too much fast food, does it? This is it, this is it, yeah. So, like, each house I go to, I have to taste the beer, you know, it's <laughs> like so. <laughs> Who's your target market, Sean? Target market is booze hounds in their late 20s and early 30s. There's a, a good few students, too. Uh, maybe in their young 20s that way same age as myself now uh, they'll be looking for it so they are you aware of what you're saying they're looking for kegs and taps for house parties no so it's not exactly house parties it's like literally just people that are in the same household that's what we're, we're mostly dealing with but you have no idea I suppose how many people pile in do you uh, do you know what it is uh, just my experience anyway like it's mostly Okay, I can't hear you, and I'm mad keen to talk to you. Are you actually, are you walking now, or are you sprinting along? Oh, yeah, sorry, oh, no, I, just, I just have to stand in here now, can you hear me better? Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. been very tough the last 12 or 13 months, particularly for your target market, hasn't it? They're just absolutely distracted by all of this. Um, oh, this is, this is it, yeah, I mean, it, it's awful, leave the students there like that. I, I'm in uh, university with them in final year. And they're absolutely, oh, it's, it's having a devastating effect on them. And I, like, this is it, like, like with the, uh, uh, with the keg fellow, we're just trying to, like, prop people up a bit. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're getting cold points, delivering at home, you know, it's, uh, it's a good old business. Where, where, what's involved in it? There's the keg? There's, so there's the tap? The so, so there's the tap, uh, I, I supply the tap and the glasses, but there is the, um, the kegs, you, you can get them yourself if you want, or I'll get them for you, so, um, the only thing I'd say now at the moment, though, is there's a great shortage of kegs around, so I'm actually quite limited just to supplying Carlin and Carlsberg and Guinness. But Where are you getting I, it from? So I get it from the wholesalers then, so you can get them from Mosgraves, you can get them from Gardens and the Road, you can, there's another place there in uh, Mayfield, so there's, there's different wholesalers around supplying kegs. Your brother said to me last week when I was chatting to him that a million kegs of Guinness went from St. James's Gate to the UK. I'd imagine he probably meant a million pints. I'd say a million kegs, I'd believe it. Those, those Brits were hungry for pints. Ah, but a million open. kegs in fairness. Uh, I don't know, I don't know. Would you think? 
I I reckon he was right. I I mean I think I think his um, his zeros are perfect. It's an incredible amount of alcohol, though. So so the likes of the off licenses are um, Musgraves. They have no problem with giving it to you, knowing what you're doing with it. Ah, uh, not a lot, not a lot. Look, I mean, we're not we're not encouraging house parties or anything like anything on that order. But how? But how do you know that you're not? I mean, ah, oh, shit. Do you know now? It's like this now. Like in, in, from my experience, anyway, when we this uh, delivery machine and stuff, it's just it's the people in the house. Do you know, there doesn't seem to be any kind of ramping towards a parley or anything like that. And how long does how long do you leave it there for? It depends on how how many days rental. So I mean, like there's a minimum rent uh, there's minimum rental of one day, and uh, so it's normally two days uh, people will take it on. So uh, with the Guinness, maybe they might take it for three or four days. Because in two days you're expecting them to drink eighty pints. Eighty-eight pints. Eighty-eight pints. Absolutely. Yeah. No, okay, I'm I'm just curious as to whether or not. Yeah, it could be one of the reasons well, why I, I, well, College well, well, Road is such a problem for the locals. I, I've never, never even um, done, done College Road, to be honest with you. I've lived with students, not a College Road. Um, what I find is that any students I've lived with, there'd be around seven or eight of them inside the house. Gotcha. So, like, you know, yeah, like, I mean, loads of them be living together. And uh, so you're, you're pretty much like you're, you're dealing with just people in the same household. Okay, you're not going back in and finding the place trashed after some mega party. No, nothing like no, that. I've, I've had no experience with that whatsoever. No. And guards are, are the guards aware of it? You don't need, do you have to have a special license for that or anything? I'm just curious. No, I, I, no, I don't need a license. No, if I was, um, if I was selling the, the beer on a wholesale level, I would have to. So, like, I mean, if I was maybe selling, you know, just loads of kegs, I'd, I'd have to get a liquor license. Well, well, I'm just wondering because you'd have you'd be selling it for profit, wouldn't you? Yeah, I I don't be selling the keg for profit. So, like, I mean, if if I get the keg, I just buy it at the cost price, and I'm pretty much just picking up the keg. And where do you get all of the taps and the lines and the coolers? Maybe there's not a cooler. Yeah, uh, yeah it's a cooler. So uh, there's an air compressor in it, and then uh, there's a nice block. So, like, it's all in one packed machine. So uh, we get them um, over from England. And are you run off your feet, or have you been run off your feet all along? Uh, well, do you know what it is now? Like, I mean, it's it's with the last couple of weeks now. I mean, we've started to advertise it. Well, I've started to um, you know, advertise on Facebook and stuff like that. So, booked out now, right for the bank holiday weekend. So, uh, yeah, getting a lot of orders in now at the moment. And what, what about the weekend gone for people? Like, would you be getting families looking for a keg for the back garden? Yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, so there's um, family there now. Actually, this weekend I'm delivering one too, and. Uh, it's, uh, what is it? But what if it's um, a party where they're inviting lots and lots of people? Would you then say no? I can't do that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But I mean, I, I don't have any. I've had no experience with that yet. And how much does it cost? So it's a it's a hundred euro for the first day rental, and it's fifty euro then for each consecutive day. And as I say, it's a minimum rental of one day. So how much in total for the twenty four hours? Uh, so you have 100 euro for 24 hours and then for 48 hours then you're talking 150 euro including the keg no that's excluding the keg ah yeah so how much is it in total oh so I mean it's uh, 240 so your standing keg of maybe Heineken occurs is 240 uh, or say uh, Carlin is 195 so if you go with say Carlin say that's 200 euro then uh, 100 euro for the first day was that's 300 euro. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, listen, I also heard um, that besides all of that, because you're, you're studying law and economics and, and you dropped out for a while because cause your mum was unwell and you w- went back to West Cork to look after her. Is that right? Yeah, 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 that, yeah that's right. Yeah, so uh, that was a number of years ago. And uh, so I'd done a bit of farming in the interim. And uh, 
then you know I said I would retire from that then I went back to college so uh, I just that was four years ago that went 2017 so nearly done there now thank God to you what you you went back to UCC what are you doing at UCC uh, BIS business information systems yeah and, and how's ma'am She's good. She's very good now, thank God. In fairness, now we were, she was up with me there now during the week and we had to drive around and stuff. She's in mighty form. Good stuff. Well, you're a good son to her. Well done for that. Sean, thanks for taking the call. Look after yourself. The keg fella. Thanks, Take, Take care. care. Goodbye. Back after 10. Your thoughts on that are welcome. Text 0868104106. Back after 10. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. I want to get back to texts and uh, and emails as well across the morning. Um, and I will get to all of that, but um, just backed up with calls for now. I was talking to the keg man there just before uh, 10 o'clock and it prompted a call from a publican on Blarney Street. Eric Howie has Dangler's Bar on Blarney Street. Eric, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are things? Good, thanks. Do you have a concern about um, the keg man and what he's doing? Well, like, my concern would be, um, we opened our bar in 2016, and we run a good bar, and we're very compliant, and every single uh, restriction the government put on us, we obey, we obeyed it, and we walked away. The cake man, fair play to him, he's, he's an entrepreneur making a few pounds. But the industry regarding alcohol sale needs to be regulated. And if you're selling kegerators, or if you're renting kegerators, they're not regulated, they're giving alcohol for consumption to people without being regulated. Now, in our industry, we cannot do that. We have regulations. We have to check IDs. We have to ensure that we're responsible when we're serving alcohol. And I'd just be concerned that if that industry is unregulated, that we could be creating a potential problem in the future. Um, he's not selling the keg for profit, though. He sells it at the wholesale price and charges rental then on the tap, the line and the cooler. Yeah, and is, is, that, is that compliant with the current licensing laws? I, I imagine the licensing law would be the sale of liquor for profit, would it? I, I don't know, I'm just thinking. Yeah, look, that's, that's, my, that's my concern. Like, you know, like, we, like, as you well know, you were Republican previously, like, we have to be tax compliant every single September. We have to be fire compliant. We have all these boxes to take insurance, the whole lot, and we take all those boxes cafes and cafes and restaurants we all have to take all those boxes and you know it's just a, it's just a concern as I was driving along the road I just text Brenda and said does this guy need to be licensed you know and I don't want to create negativity on his business but it's a concern that publicans would have her own cock like you know well I suppose the only glaring concern that I would have seen here would have been uh, could it be a part of the whole um, you know COVID party mentality going on in rental accommodations with students, you know, other than that, if, if, if I wanted to have a keg for four or five days and, uh, you know, just sup away in my back yeah. garden during the good summer weather, it's nobody's business, nobody's business, but mine. Exactly. And I give, I give you another example. We, we were fully stocked last Paddy's day before we were ready to hit Cheltenham and Paddy's day. And we were shut down. And all those kegs that we had in stock, I had very loyal customers contacting me and saying, will you sell us a keg? And I couldn't sell them a keg because I can't be responsible. Or I couldn't give them a keg at cost price because I can't be responsible for the safe consumption of that alcohol. So that's why, that's why I didn't do it. But even if you had done, where would it have got all of the gear? I mean, you can't get pints out of a keg. You need all of the equipment. 
you do. You need a tap. You need a fob. You need the gas. Like I, even like the gas. The gas is a major thing. Like you're bringing like you're bringing a highly explosive cylinder into a house without any safety being explained to people. No. That's just my concern. I wouldn't I wouldn't sell kegs to someone or give kegs to someone because I'd be concerned about the safety. No, I would be delighted to open my pub and serve alcohol and everybody enjoy themselves, but unfortunately we're in a situation where we can't. We do you can't do do you do click and collect at all like some of the city pubs no. do? No, we can't, you see, Neil, because we have some fantastic neighbours where we are, we're up in Car Marketplace. And it's not fair to have that many people outside our premises. Like we've always operated our bar we could close at half past 12, but we've always stopped serving at kind of half 11, quarter, quarter 12. Out of respect to the neighbours. Exactly. We try to keep everybody happy. We don't want to be dealing with the end of the night for that, for, for that school, like, you know. Yeah. How do you yeah. feel then when you see the videos and the photographs of uh, the Keys, for instance, particularly over the weekend, or Bishop Lucy Park, or down around the Peace Park? Because some pubs are doing a roaring trade. Oh, they are. I'll give you an example. We went to Gary Vore yesterday, myself and the kids and the wife. And I said to a few people this morning, it was fantastic to walk up and down the beach and not see a mask inside because people had the, they could social distance. It was like COVID didn't exist. Yeah. And I understand that we all have enough of it. I started a new business last year. Like, we all have enough of it. We all have enough of COVID, but we just have to be responsible too. Like, you know, I hope the pubs will get back at some stage, like, you know, but... I don't see it being this summer, like you know. But you do you have a you don't have any problem per se then with all of the people that are out in the outdoors with the fair old breeze knocking around, having a couple of drinks on say Anderson's Key. Once, once it's managed, no Anderson's Key and Kennedy Key. I find it extremely dangerous because there's no barriers there. Like you know, what's it going to take someone? But nobody's, to but nobody. Like there was teams of them, and none of them fell in the water. Yeah, it was rammed. Yeah, and that's fantastic. It's lovely to see. Like, I remember going to the Marquee, all the games on Parquet Creeve. I used to love going down around those pubs down that corner. They're fantastic bars. It is great to see people enjoying themselves once they're doing it responsibly and they're managed. So, is every, you know, in your pub and other pubs like it, everything is turned off now. Like, you couldn't literally go into the bar and pull a pint. No, you can't. We, we don't, like, any kegs we have now, I only done a spot check now last Friday, and everything is spoiled. Everything has gone past their date. And you can't, like, I can't get kegs. So I don't know where the kegs are coming from. Musgraves, you said. Musgraves. I, I was on the call there. Musgraves, that's what he said. I asked him where, and he said you get some from the likes of the cash and carry wholesalers. Um, so how long would it take you to, to to get ready then? Would you need a couple of weeks' notice? Well, you see, my problem now is we were a small bear. We're only a small suburban bear. Like, our staff have all found alternative employment, so oh, we're right. starting from scratch. Yeah, yeah, I know. You know, we're know. starting from scratch. You know, and if prior to the last lockdown, we spent a lot of money sectioning off the bar, so we have a long, linear bar. It's a long bar, it's about 15, 20 metres long, so we put in different sections, different boots, and we put them all teamed about. One was on horse racing, one was on cock GA, one was on the local area. <laughs> and we spent a lot of money doing that, and we got five weeks out of it. Have you a beer garden? We have we have a, a garden to the side where we can pull out artificial grass and we have a big canopy, but we have neighbours just right next to us, so it wouldn't be fair. Like you wouldn't mind on a Saturday afternoon, pre-COVID, trading away or a Sunday afternoon, and you shut it down in at seven or eight o'clock. But it'd be very unfair to our neighbours to have our predominant drink sales from outside. It'd be very fair to our neighbours to sell takeaway points. Do you know, I just 
it's 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 not in it for us. It's not in it for our location. You're being quite, you're being quite neighbourly about the whole thing, but at the same time, chomping at the bit to get your business back open. Well, I I want I want the pubs to be back open. Like I I don't know what's going to happen. I haven't seen the roadmap. Are they going to come back now and say that we have to serve food? Are they going to come back and say that you can have twenty five people in your pub? I just want a roadmap. I just want a guide, and then we can plan. Like, you, they, you, he's making an announcement later this week. Do you think that it's still a bit early for him to say something like that, say Thursday or Friday? I don't know, to be honest. Yeah, know, because to be fair to those guys, they're, like they're doing. They're, I, I don't want to rain on. I don't want to rain, rain negativity on what they're doing because they're doing some fantastic stuff as well, and they're dealing with a lot. And I understand the pressures of that, but just don't forget about the publicans, like you know. Okay, listen, good luck with that, Eric. Thanks for taking the call, Danglers and Blarney Street. From there to uh, Dunhamore. Hoggy, good morning. Top of the morning, Kikil. Um, weren't you doing, um, weren't you selling kegs at one stage, if I remember, years ago? Still am, still am. Oh, right, okay, okay. So, what are your thoughts on the keg fella? Uh, total cowboy. Why? Because basically what he's doing is illegal. In what Whether way? He's selling it for profit or not is not is irrelevant. He needs a wholesale license for any sale of anything over four four um, gallons. So he would need. He's saying that technically he needs, he needs a wholesale a- license, whether he's selling kegs or not, at profit or loss. That's the same now as if you go into Dunn stores and they're selling all the spirits at below cost selling. Does that mean they don't need a license for us? But I could. Couldn't I get a keg? You can get a get a keg, but in all reality, in all uh, in reality, you're supposed to supply your wholesaler with a VAT number. Oh, I see. But would I not be able to get a keg from an off license? You won't get an off from an off license. An off license needs to have a wholesale license to do that. But why are we down on a guy who's just delivering pints in a safe because environment? Basically, he's undermining the laws that we all had to adhere to at the end of the day. I don't mind, like anybody, I don't mind anybody going out there trying to make a couple of bob. Nobody, nobody... Yeah, but the, the minute that. anybody thinks for themselves then, uh, the publicans, publicans get all antsy about it. Is it because you feel that he's kind of muscling in on your on your business? Neil, no, he's not muscling in on my business. I have a steady core. But it illustrates that man has no moral compass at this moment in time. Right? You have 88 points inside the, inside the keg. Okay, yeah. he's selling that for a hundred euros. I believe he said it did. A hundred right? for the keg and two forty. No, a hundred for the for the units, right? Irrespective of the cost of the keg, right? So you have eighty-eight points inside in the, in the keg. We have a restriction now of two people, two households can meet together. If you had four people inside in the house and they had to sell drink that in one day, that means they have twenty. Was it twenty-two points each? In all realistically, like Neil, it's not going to happen. It's for house parties and everything else. That's why I have stopped selling kegs. To whom? I, only, I, I stopped selling. The only place I sell is kegs to is, is pears, that's all. Yeah, so that market is gone, so you're not selling any. Well, that market is gone. We're clutching the straws here, the, 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 the hospitality sector. Yeah. That's in, that, that, that's in um, the bear side of it, the whole side of it, the restaurant side of it, the whole bloody will lot. His cost is 240 all in, you're aware of that? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you, I don't know whether that... Well, how much is a keg? A keg would be retailing out of the wholesalers at approximately about 220, 230. A keg? A keg. A keg of beer is 230 euro. 
A keg of beer is about 230 euros. So he's making no profit at all, so? He's not selling it out at 230. He's selling his unit out. He said he wasn't selling the keg, including the price. I asked him what's the whole price for everything. The keg, the yeah, gear, that, the lot. That was, only, that was only the units. You go back, no, a keg of curling would be a small bit cheaper. There's about 200 euros for a keg of curling. Because it's an economy drink. Okay. I, I, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you. I thought he said 240 euro all in. No, it's not 240 for the whole. It's probably 240 for the unit. Um, a lot of it is to young people who are absolutely driven, distracted. Notwithstanding, others are, but... It doesn't matter what it... Like, the, the pub generation has skipped the generation, right, as such. And that's the younger generation, right? It's the people over the 35s. They were the real pub goers and the diners for the last umpteen years as such. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're all suffering, Neil. Have you a beer garden? Have you a beer garden ready? I have a beer garden that I'm just after spending about 12 grand putting a cover on. Are you expecting maybe to get that open for maybe mid to end May? I'm, optim- I'm optimistic the end of May. Yeah. I'm optimistic for indoor dining for the first week in July. And unfortunately, the way things are gone, I think the government are going to pull a stunt again that they won't let the pubs open with the, re- the restaurants slash gastropubs. Because basically, why would they be given... No, no the restaurants the- and gastropubs will open for outdoor Traditional pubs won't open at that time. Uh, uh, well, that's what I'm saying to you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, the VFI and the LV and the whole bloody lot, they're all trying to get us all open together. Right? And bring us forward together. But have you food and on I, the menu? I have food. I have a restaurant outside. So you have a restaurant outside. So at least, okay, there'll be limited numbers, but you will get open oh, as a gastro. limited numbers, yeah. yeah. You'll be limited number, but you'll be open. But in Dunamore, Dunamore is a, is a total rural uh, farming community. It's not sort of... Um, Boom, boom, music. It's sort of a relaxed family atmosphere, etc., etc. And it's the way we like it, to tell you the truth. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm too old in the head now to be listening to boom, boom music. Like, I'm, I'm an Abel lad in <laughs> Dire Straits and all those sort of lads. <laughs> all right, well, turn up the Dire Straits as soon as you get open, all right? No problem, my Cheers. friend. Thanks, Hoggy. Take care. Be good. Tony Horgan, Hoggy, as we know him, from uh, the Hog and Hound in Dunamore. A lot of emails and different topics. And, you know, there's a booming business now with people who are uh, doing food and have, you know, either started up their own business and got themselves different vans and, and different uh, hatches or ways of moving around, putting it on the back of a van or a car. Um, and there's one that's in situ down at the bridge in Kinsale, and I mentioned that uh, about a week or ten days ago, and they were doing a booming business down there. Um, Tomas says, I was at the fish and ship van at the bridge in Kinsale yesterday. Uh, both vans were doing a roaring trade with a queue, and it was great. The food is superb, and it's great value. Uh, what was very noticeable was there was quite a few people queuing without face masks. I'm a regular there and I didn't observe a lack of face masks previously. But based on age profile, profile anyway, I would imagine that some may have had their jabs. Best of luck to them. But it would be a while before the rest of us are vaccinated. From my knowledge, vaccination prevents the worst effects of COVID, but it does not prevent transmission. So in the interim period, please, everybody mask up no matter what your situation is, says Tomas. Uh, and that, and we're delighted to hear that they're doing a roaring trade down there because, um, you know, it's great for people who uh, would like a bit of food and a bit of variety. And of course, they can't go indoors. I'm a sixth year student in Pubble Skull in Yall. And I'm sure you have heard, but a fairly big group of people in my year had a house party last weekend. 
and as a result, the school is closed today and COVID is spreading faster than ever in the school now. What's going to happen with the Leaving Cert now and assessments, all because of these people who are meant to be adults but can't follow simple rules and guidelines? I think some people think they're immune to this disease and it's people like that which will increase the virus even more. Don't give up my details if that's okay. I just wanted to get in touch about this topic as the whole sixth year group in public school, including the teachers, are very unhappy about it. Another one here. Morning, Neil. Um, um, this was somebody who was... I'm, I'm not reading this out entirely because um, I'm quite sure that the family or families uh, are are probably very anxious about what's happened because I, I think there may be, this may be a story that has also kicked off on Twitter and you know what some people can be like on social media. But apparently it was a birthday party. Uh, and the case about this really has more to do with the parents. Somebody's suggesting you think the parents would know better. Uh, so there were six years at the party. There were some fifth years there and other college students. But over 11 people in sixth year alone now have the virus. Because of the amount of people at the party, they all have siblings in younger years and could also have COVID now. But the school is shut, all because of their irresponsibility. And nobody down here is happy, I can tell you that. And then Anthony says, uh, Tony says, I'm sure you've seen the various videos during the rounds regarding the huge crowds gathering in the pubs, gathering at the pubs, I should say, and the surrounding areas around Kennedy Key over the weekend. The owners of said bars cannot deny there was social distancing taking place uh, as cameras don't lie. I think what he's saying is that there wasn't. Uh, The amount of litter left strewn around the place was horrible to see as well. Those people should be ashamed of themselves with that behavior. Call it as you see it, Neil. No social distancing took place directly outside those pubs. But I suppose the owners will deny this as usual, says Anthony. I did see the videos. I did. I saw photographs as well. I'm also told that Club Piero is rocking down in Skull uh, and uh, imagine that maybe the lock was also quite busy too. Uh, but what are you going to do? They're outdoors. Um, it's been 13 months. You know, There's only so long that people can keep this up. Um, and again, I go back to the point, they are in the fresh air uh, and COVID transmission is greatly reduced outdoors and in the fresh air. And, you know, people need a bit of social interaction. They need, I mean, I like I share the videos online and, and the team here share them. And we get grief then um, just for sharing the videos. Like as if I'm somebody's judge and jury or the COVID police when I'm not. I'm just sharing the videos. Perhaps I should put up um, everybody having fun, people out enjoying themselves. And then that will stop people saying you're a disgrace. You should be a disgrace. You're a disgrace. People need to live their lives. Leave them alone. And that's not the intention of it at all. I actually, quite the opposite, to be quite honest with you, without wanting to get into any more hot water than I usually do, I can kind of understand why people are out and about in the fresh air, mixing with their friends, trying to get some normality into their lives because they're going crazy as it is. Anyway, back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at NeilRedFM. Text 0868104106. Sean, the kekfella.ie was listening to my conversation with uh, Hoggy and he's back with me again. Sean! Sorry, hold on a second. Let me get myself together. There you are. Sean, are you there? Hi, Neil. How are you doing? Are you still out pounding, pounding the oh, marina? I am. I am, yeah. I, I, tell you, I, just ring, I just want to ring back in. I mean, um, like, I, just to like reassert my, uh, what I was telling you, that I mean, that I've had no experience with people throwing house parties. And, and also, uh, Hoggy that just rang in, like, I mean, that was an absolutely outrageous thing to say. He just uh, uh, rudely said that I had no moral compass. 
I'm not going out breaking COVID restrictions. That's not the business I'm in. And like, I, I, I'd ask him just to rescind that comment because it was rude and uncalled for. Um, he, okay, well, let's see if that can happen. Um, he said that you need a wholesale license and you need a VAT number. Uh, I don't think that's right. Now, I'd have to check that with someone. Perhaps he's right, but uh, the opinion I was, uh, I was of was the, the nature of my business that I wouldn't need it. I suppose he's not here right now. I mean, I, I can I can get him back, but oh no, I, 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 there's no need. No, I suppose I, I suppose I, I, I just think that the comment was so rude. Like I just thought I just wanted to bring back in and just you know clarify that to say you have I mean, no moral I, compass is rude. Yeah, I mean that, that's outrageous to say. Like I mean, I, that, that, I I'm not going out actively encouraging people to break restrictions at all. I'm just delivering. But how do you? No, but in, like, listen, I'm not. I don't want to get down and uh, get on your back. But how do you know what goes on after you leave the house with the keg there? Well, yeah, that, that's a kind of a what if of all everything. I mean, you, you could apply that into into loads of different scenarios I mean there's only so much you can really do really like I mean it's, it's more it's more up to the individual but I suppose a publican who's doing their job properly he or she will control will control the amount of drink they serve somebody in a pub and that's the moral compass he might be referring to if you put a keg into a, a house and let's say there isn't even a house party and it's only four young fellas or whatever four girls I don't know um, they would drink way too much and it could kill them I know, but like, I mean, it's it's like it's it's not like I'm delivering it um, to under 18s. I'm doing it with, within the law, and I mean, I like it, we'd kind of be dissolving them of personal responsibility if I was to to be taking those uh, every kind of scenario into consideration. Would you equate yourself with the taxi driver who's selling the the boxes of beer out of the back of the car, or the taxi drivers that you can phone up and they'll deliver you a couple of bottles of vodka? Is all is all of that okay? Oh, gee, I, I didn't even know they were doing that. Well, they, they are, they yeah. Their own beer. They do. Oh, yeah. first, 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 I heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't need to produce a VAT number at the the wholesaler. Uh, no, not at all. No. Okay. Um, okay. Well, let's see. Let's see if he comes back. Let's see if he comes back. And um, I suppose to to some extent they're closed. You see, and they're they're hurting. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I see where he's coming from. Like, I mean, I, like the lots of um, publicans, they're angry, and I can understand why they're angry. But I mean, it's like you know, channel your anger in a bit more of a conducive way because, like, there's no point in just coming out onto the radio and saying that people don't have morals when they're just trying to to do it. Like, I mean, when I go to houses, I wear a mask. I mean, I always keep social distance from the people. It, it, it's but somebody like I'm, I'm getting texts on here so like somebody says is he for real delivering kegs and it's not for a party like what other reason would somebody want to keg for there's a number of people living in a household They'd have a, they, they, they want to drink pints why do people go to pubs they want pints I would expect to be drinking cans okay okay and they'd be supping away for the few days now I got confused as to the cost if, if I got a keg and the tap and the cooler with the ice. What's everything included? Oh, so I charge 100 euro for the first day, and then 50 euro for each second day after. So, like, a keg is, is 200 euro, or a car is 240 for Heineken Currents. So I do always recommend that people buy the kegs themselves, and then I just come along and tap it. So, like, your, the fee is 100 euro minimum for the first day, and then 50 euro for consecutive days. But you're not the keg fella, then. You're the keg kit fella. I'm the what? Sorry? Do you not sell the kegs? 
No, so I mean, I can I can do the kegs. So basically, I can do the kegs. Uh, I can pick them up from the um, the wherever I get them. Say Musgraves would carry out and deliver them. I don't actually make a profit off the kegs. Okay. I just pick them up for people. Okay, you know? so it's the two hundred for the keg, and then a hundred for the first day for all of the kit, and fifty for every day thereafter. Yeah, exactly. gotcha. And okay. I just glasses uh, Okay, okay. Thanks for that. Okay, but you okay, but you do you. deliver kegs if people want them. Yeah, well, I, mean, I can pick up a, a keg. I don't, I don't sell the cakes for profit. Okay, um, just just with regards to uh, Hoggy, um, the keg man, Sean, is upset with the term no moral compass. It won't change. He doesn't have a moral compass. What do you mean by that, though? For when one hasn't got a moral compass, what are we lacking? What am I lacking? Neil, the man is in it for a quick buck. That's all he's in it for. So right. are you, well, maybe not a quick book, but for profit, it's a business. Neil, Neil, I'm in this business 35 years. I'm in the restaurant business 15 years. I'm in the wholesale business 10 years. I know what I'm talking about when it comes to licenses and everything else. The man needs to have a license whether he's making a profit on the keg or not, if he's selling more than four gallons or more. The man is not. If he's supplying one keg to one house, for an overnight just one person will say he has to drink 88 pints no I mean it's 50 no you can keep it for as long as you want it's 50 euro a day after the first 100 so you could have like four guys or six guys could chip in put it into perspective now financially right if it's two lads right 44 pints they have each if they spread that out over seven days right Another 350 quid on the cost of the keg. That means they're paying about 8 euros and 9 euros for a pint. But Let's they- be realistic now here, Neil. The man is in it for a quick buck. He has no moral compass. He's only interested in no, getting but the keg these are, He's delivering it to people who just want a few pints at home. They're doing no harm to nobody. I'm not disputing that, Neil. Right? I'm not disputing that. Right? But there's publicans out there that are doing their all their life want to do it the same way, in the same effective manner, and they can't do this. Because a young fella, a young guy came along and had this idea that you Neil, guys didn't have. Young or old, it doesn't matter to me. Young or old, it doesn't matter. It's, you have to talk about the whole population. But at this moment in time, no, the young is affecting everybody in this nation because they don't give a tuppenny halfpenny about the rest of the country. Well, I mean, I, I don't know about that. Like, there there may be an increase in the amount of people testing positive, but it's not impacting with regards to deaths or anything. And I don't hear of any huge outbreaks of COVID-19 on side from anything involving house parties, from anything involving what went on on Kennedy Key or the lock. So what are we talking about? What are we talking about? Yeah, we're talking about tiny talking- numbers. We're talking about seventy. We're talking about seventy-three percent of the population under age uh, forty-five. I think it was yesterday that are, are the ones who were infected. No, I'm talking about the you numbers, you not the percentages. See, you don't. You don't see seventy and eighty-year-old on the beat up in Salt Hill. You don't see a seventy and eighty-year-old. But do you, have, but do you not remember what it's like, like to be in your twenty? Do you not remember what it was like to be in your twenty-somethings or thirty-somethings for that Neil, matter? Neil, Neil, I remember. No, it is a bit back. Like I must admit that. Like I remember that. But we're in the middle of a pandemic. It's not the same. We're in the middle of a bloody well pandemic. Will people get that into their heads? All right, John, and it is affecting the whole. 
you're sure you don't need a license nor a VAT number nor a, a host well, setter's account? I, I, I don't need a VAT number. Like, where Hoggy may have a point is, is that when I go pick up a keg, and I like perhaps I may need a, a liquor license for that. Now, I understand it's not that difficult to get a liquor license, but I think though that I'm surprised that it's not honest, that uh, difficult I, to get a liquor license. I I don't think it is actually. I because I did look into it before, and it, it doesn't seem that onerous. Like I would have expected it to be uh, to be very difficult. But you need um, you need a pub to begin with. Uh, there's different variations of it, but I just sorry though, I don't actually understand how how Hoggy even runs a pub uh, the way he speaks about. It. About people just like you know constantly reaffirming that whole point about moral compass. I mean that is that is completely the, the moral compass the aspect could well be that if you put a keg into a house and twenty or thirty or forty fifty gathered that night inside in the house to loft the keg drink it, that that's lock that's a lacking moral guidance. Uh, I I disagree. I mean, is I that what you're I, saying, Hoggy? It's exactly what I'm saying. Okay, so you can't one person like we look at the laws at the moment. Two households can gather, but have to be in a public place, right? So in one household alone, right? If you had four people of drinking age, that means they have to drink 22 pints in the one night. If you only had it out for a night, but if they're keeping it out for a number of days, say five days, well, I, uh, that's an eight five by 50, that's an eight 250 quid. They might that's have that money. That's they might, 700 quid or they, 800 quid for They might have that kind of money. They might have it. What are you about? He's saying what he's saying is it would be impossible for two people to drink what you're giving them in the space of a night or even uh, two. But what, what he, like, so what Hoggy's doing? He's just like just using these like this kind of these narrow, um, say, happenstances, right? So what it is is that there's normally okay, a good six or seven people in the household. They'd go in into the keg. They'd rent it for around two, three days. That's what's averaging out here, and he's just using just these kind of wild examples and stuff. I mean, I. I, I think what's happening here is that Hoggy's just a bit upset. And I understand he's upset because he's being called... Hoggy's not upset. What's the rule concerning mixing with the public? What, what's the rule concerning households? Two. Outdoors. Thank you very much, Neil. Educate that man. Okay. Le, le, but, but he says you're rude. He wants you to retract it on the basis that it was rude. Retract what? Retract the truth. The man is in cuckoo land. Okay. Okay, uh, look, uh, Neil, I'm going to leave it here because okay, I'm with a dog, a dog man, so I just, I'm gone. Okay, so appreciate you. it, gentlemen. Thank you both. You've both called each other things now at this stage, so it's probably quits. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Let me leave it up to you guys. What do you think? Uh, whose side on this are you? Text zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six. I see text coming out already. Be part of it. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. Zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Red FM. The keg fella. The keg fella. Dot ie. I'd say no matter what you do with this, he'll be a lot busier than uh, he was, say, before this conversation on air. Um, actually, Michael O'Donovan, who is the uh, um, rep for the Vintners Federation for the Publicans on Side, he's rode in on this as well. And he's texted me to say, I can confirm that he would need a distribution license to deliver to a household with regards to delivering kegs. So your thoughts on that are welcome. Text 0868104106. I would take slight umbrage to the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic. India is certainly in a very bad, bad place and our thoughts should be with them and, you know, whatever can be done to help. I think we're not in the middle of a pandemic anymore. We're coming out the other side of it, isn't it true? Anyway, text 0868 104 106. I feel sorry for Niamh. She's got uh, her own, uh, it's a young entrepreneur, Niamh, who's got her own food truck called Niamh's Larder and she said, Mother of God, 
what have I let myself in for getting on the air with this fella? Anyway, Neve, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? <laughs> do, you have, do you have a wholesale license? <laughs> I think I might have to look into it now. Do you have a VAT number? Do you have a liquor yes. license? Do you have a li- do you have a liquor license for your kefir? Yeah, we'll have to get all the certificates. I start publishing them. Anyway, you had your own brainwave, wasn't it? You lost your job. What did you do? Well, so I was working in Dublin in marketing and I actually so I actually kind of decided to leave um that marketing job last summer. Just with everything that had basically changed and I was looking for another job um, and whilst obviously with the pandemic there wasn't really anything happening in the job market so I kind of came up with a brainwave to do picnic boxes in my local area. Where are you from? Yeah so I live kind of just outside Cloyne it's called Ballybranigan so I live just beside the beach and I you know I often just saw so many people going out to the beach and you know going out for like the cliff walk in Ballycotton and I was kind of thinking like it would be so nice if there was a food option that people could bring along with them and just like enjoy when they're out and about so I kind of was like oh picnics is a great thing to do and I started basically with the picnic boxes and then it was kind of just a stopgap idea and it just kept going and people really really liked what I was doing and you know all the food I use is kind of local I try to be organic when I can so you went um, from picnic boxes yeah. to brunch boxes to family boxes yeah. to lunch boxes <laughs> what's in them yeah yeah, so they're kind of, there's a range, like the most popular box probably is the grazing box, which is, you know, cheeses and crudités and different fruits. And then a lunch box is another really popular option, which is cheeses and then like homemade soda bread and crackers and like a Mediterranean tart and a chocolate tart. And yeah, they're probably like the big ones. And yeah, so I kind of started adding new menus as the business developed and as, I suppose as interest increased. And then, yeah, and then it kept going. And then I did Halloween boxes, Christmas boxes, Valentine's, Mother's Day. <laughs> it's just kind of kept developing. And Before you that, knew it, you were up to yeah. cheese scones, Buddha bowls, falafel, <laughs> yeah. hummus, Mediterranean tarts, yeah. pasta salads, shortbread biscuits, all from Neve's larder. Where are you sourcing everything? How are you bringing it all together? Yeah, well, so I make everything. Everything that I, obviously, apart from the cheeses, obviously, I buy... Most of the cheeses I use are cork cheeses, so are kind of artisanal local Irish cheeses. And then I make everything else. So I just buy from kind of like wholesale or like some of my veg. I buy through um, Kilbrack Farm. They're like an organic farm producer. And then they import also like organic fruit and veg as well that you can't obviously get locally, like avocados. And yeah, but I suppose as you well... Gotta stop um, sell- you got to stop selling avocados. I know. I they actually, are um, bad news. New, yeah, I've come up with a new one, um, which is a broad bean mash. So I'm replacing my avocados with that. You know what avocados are doing to the world, don't you? I know. No, I do. I do. I'm not just so, yeah. talking about all of the water or the climate issues, but also the amount of people who are being threatened, their livelihoods, their families, no water in yeah. South American countries because avocado farmers have taken all the water. Yeah, it's becoming a huge problem. And yeah, I suppose the problem is we don't know. Like, you know, obviously there are farms that are doing a property and then there's farms that aren't and we don't necessarily know which is which. But I do buy organic, so I hope 
the thoughts obviously kind of alleviate some issues but I'm changing the menus anyway to bring it more local and seasonal what have you, as well. you got is it a truck now you've got a truck as well no I've yeah so it's kind of it's all developed I've just been doing it from home and then I deliver and also I do like collections as well so I live quite close to a beach so some people you know would come out to the beach during the summer and they'd collect on the beach but kind of through last year and through what I've been doing I decided to get a trailer so I got a horse a box trailer, trailer that you pull yeah, yeah okay yeah so I've just that's is it a horse converted. box yeah one of those old rice boxes you know you've probably seen them around there's a few of them now um, they're kind of those corrugated horse trailers and yeah I'm setting that up and it's going to be here at Ballybranigan Beach and I'm going to be selling um, doing like lunch and breakfast and coffees and then my, I suppose my big product that I'm working on at the moment is water kefir, which is a fermented drink. Um, a lot of people are probably really familiar with kombucha, so it's a similar product. Yeah, I get it in the English market, actually. Oh, do you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. from my goodness, probably. Do you? you can buy it by the bottle, and away you go. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's so great for gut health, right? Really, really good for your gut health. And then obviously there's been a huge amount of research into your gut health and it's kind of, it's known as your second brain. So the better your gut, the better your brain and mental health, the whole thing's interlinked. Yeah. Why don't you go to the yeah. farmer's market? You do really well at them. Yeah, well, what I actually do as well is I run a market. It's called Neighbour Food. It's an online farmer's market. And I run the Middleton Neighbour Food. So I sell through Neighbour Food. Um, I also sell through Carrigaline and Passage West and Mallow. Where and do you Mallow. get all the time to do all of this? <laughs> Well, I'm kind of like, I suppose I'm living at home and my mum's incredibly supportive. And then Have you a big kitchen? Yeah, we do. And I, like, it's all HSE approved. I did all of everything last year. <laughs> Before I, I start getting texts wondering whether you've got a HACCP yeah, yeah, cert exactly. and all this kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll so it, cover that one first. Yeah. <laughs> so it's you and Gemma, is it? Yeah, Gemma's been helping me. She came over because she also, she was living in London and she lost her job. And I needed help. It was coming up to Christmas and that was obviously like an incredibly busy time. And she came over and she's actually stayed since. So it's been really amazing. And do you hope it to be, do you hope, well done to Gemma, do you hope it to be sustainable after all of this? Well, I suppose that's where the markets come into place. That's why Neighbour Food works really well because it's another outlet. And I think with the trailer, it's, that's going to be hopefully kind of a seasonal business, so running up until October. I know, yeah, yeah. The yeah, farmers markets um, are great, aren't they? I mean, we have one in oh, Douglas, and every weekend yeah, I, I go down. I, actually, I get my eggs from uh, a stall there, which is called Ballycotton Eggs. Do you know them? Chap Dairy sells the organic yeah, eggs, I do. free range. I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's great yeah, to see people milling around and asking questions. You know. I know, and I think with the pandemic, I think it's brought everything closer to home. So I think people really are thinking about where their food is coming from and who's who's making the food and, you know, getting to know the people behind the food, I think has become a huge thing, which I think has like really helped farmers markets and especially neighbour food has really completely exploded, I think, since the pandemic. There was only a few of those markets. And yeah, I think it's just... Yeah, people wanting to support local, and it's amazing to see. It's really great. So, are we are we in the city outside of your of your terrain? Then, like, say, for instance, if somebody wanted to order up for the weekend ahead, or if you got orders yeah. over the weekend, how would they go about it? 
So you can contact me. I have a website that needs larder. So if you just pull it into Google, it will bring you up to my website. Or else social media is probably the biggest place people contact me. And that's on Instagram and Facebook. And again, it's needs larder. And yeah, I deliver kind of around Cork. And then there's options of like collection as well. If you were coming out to East Cork for the day, I can arrange collection points. What kind of prices are we starting? What do your prices start at? So the grazing box starts at €28, and that's for two people. And then for the family box, which is the largest box that I could do, is for a family of four, so kind of two kids, two adults, and that goes up to 65 Yeah, but see what you you get in there. It's fantastic. Yeah, there's a huge, yeah, there's lots of food in there. So you're you're not going back to Dublin anytime soon then? No, I'm actually, I've actually just been loving doing what I'm doing because I did the Ballymalia course about two years ago before I was working in marketing um, and that kind of instilled this passion for food in me and then just being able to, I suppose the pandemic forced me to do something. Yeah, and, and Bal- Ballymaloo taught yeah. you that local and fresh is best, right? Exactly, yeah, exactly. fantastic. So yeah, it's, I'm really, I'm loving it and I'm meeting amazing people through it, like all the other producers around and I don't know, it's a really amazing, the food space is an amazing place to be and it's, it's positive and I think as well with the picnic boxes that I do, I think a lot of them have been gifts so people living abroad, you know, I've had like so many people from, say, Australia sending a surprise to their mum who's been... Oh, brilliant idea. Own. Well said. Yeah. So people can do that as well through Neve's Larder. Just before I let yeah. you go, I buy from Neve, Neil Neve's Larder, Larder every week. Brilliant service for Cork. Amazing food, a superb concept. Concept Up Cork, says Robert McDowell. Throw him in an extra oh. cheese scone next time he orders, all right? <laughs> I will, I will. Oh, that's really nice. And good luck to you, Neve, and also to Gemma. Lovely catching up with you. Thank you so much, Neil. Cheers and out. Take care. Twenty something Neve's Larder. Check her out and throughout the course of the week I hope to speak with other people who also have um, you know kind of did a reverse out of what they were doing before this and came up with a new business idea. If you're amongst them, best to email on that one, lads. Email neil at redfm.ie. Um, what have I got? I've got about four minutes, so I'll tell you what, I'll just take a call on this and then sweep up to news if you don't mind. Just Lisa. Lisa, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? Uh, okay. On This started out with uh, the keg fella, home kegs. Your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I just texted in because I think it kind of to make it known that not everybody is getting kegs in just to have mad parties. Myself, I suppose the problem is not knowing what they're, who's going to be in and how many. That's the thing, you see. Yeah, like, myself and my boyfriend, like, we bought the system, the whole bar system, the cooler, two taps, the gas, off the bar company. Um, we built a bar inside the house um, and we get our kegs in now. The kegs are, I mean, they're not cheap. They're 230 euros a go. Um, do you know... But, we happily enjoy the barbecue and a, and a how, cold pint over the weekend. How, how much did the system cost, Jen? Who did all of that? Um, so we bought the system off the bar company um, and the system came in, you're just shy of €1,700. Euro. So it's, it's, it's that cheap. Um, we used the money because we had our holiday booked. We were meant to be going to Tenerife in June, but the holiday was cancelled and we got a full refund from the airline um, and everything. So we kind of just invested that money into the bar um, and so we did so we you actually so you actually made a bar is it yeah my boyfriend he built it from scratch uh, I sent you the photographs would uh, you mind in the back garden is it 
No, it's in our living room. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, okay. And so it is. Um, so it's because it was custom built, it's, it's, it's not massive. It doesn't jump out like a sore thumb. Has your, alcohol, has your alcohol consumption gone through the roof? Uh, I suppose we definitely. At the start, we were definitely drinking probably a bit more so bottles or cans during the week. So I think everybody was. But no, we've kind of curtailed that now. So we have the pint at the weekend. Um, and do your mates know and have they been sending you begging te- texts to allow them to call? No, I do think, like, I'm, I'm originally from Cork, but I'm living in Dublin, so all my family, they're all in Cork. <laughs> so they can't come up yet for a, a pint. Um, but yeah, no, we've had no meal over. We can. So we're hoping when restrictions are lifted a bit more, we can have family up and friends over and just enjoy a barbecue and a few drinks. And how long would it you take know? you to go through the... 230 euro keg um, because there's only two of us drinking it, it, it's a couple of weeks we get out of it yeah do you yeah, know yeah, yeah. so we won't be we don't be drinking 20 pints in a night do you know <laughs> like would you so, have you got a couple of stools in the in the in the bar in the front room or do you go out no, on, do you have a barbecue um, with it or, or what so yeah so we our barbecue so we go to the back so we built like custom seats out the back as well with pallets so we've done a load of projects through lockdown, I suppose. Um, so I mean, I've seen lots them. of fantastic assemble yourself DIY pubs. I have, mm. like, um, and and when when restrictions were lifted last year, I actually got to see the inside of one of them, and it had taps and it had kegs and it had an yeah. assortment of different drinks and it had the optics behind it. You don't have the optics or anything, do you? I do. <laughs> oh, the, and do you have the shorts up and in I the have, optics? Yeah, so we have three um, different. Um, shorts on it um, <laughs> just for the two of a you cocktail, and a cocktail maker yeah sure why not if you're, <laughs> going to, like, if you're going to build a bar you have to make it look more realistic anyway that okay. was my All right. point and also just so. 60 seconds before I let you go you set up a business as well doing naughty little chocolates all chocolates are I naughty did. I suppose what's that about yeah. <laughs> um, so you came to me like last Christmas I saw a girl she was I don't know what part of Ireland she was in but she was doing it um and it just it it just came to me, so I said I'd figure out how who do we contact for the the rappers. Um, she's based in the UK. This woman Lynn, she's um, fantastic. Um, that designs the rappers, so I buy the designs from her. Um, What's on them? And I just set up anything. Like you can have lovely, nice ones. Joe, happy birthday. Did you send me oh, chocolates with the wrapper on it saying Langer? I did. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you send me chocolates uh, with the wrapper on it called I will? Yeah. That was me, yeah. <laughs> so you, I, I can put anything. I mean, I've had requests that, I, I mean, I don't even know where they're coming from. <laughs> You'll print it. Um, you don't care. I'll print it. Exactly, yeah. Once it's within 12 letters, it'll be printed. <laughs> and where can people get your naughty little chocolates to either have themselves or sent to friends? Or maybe so not so I, friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I have a Facebook and an Instagram page called Naughty Little Chocolates. Um, I the website I was doing it with a family member it was taking too long so I've hired a company now to finish the website so I'm really hoping the website itself will be up and running in the next couple of weeks that would be great and that will be naughtylittlechocolates.ie okay, but, it is up and running. but for now on social media on social media Facebook and Instagram
well done you got a lot of strings in your bow fair play Lisa lovely to chat take care of yourself alright you too mind Stephanie take bye. care bye back after 11 on 1850 104 106 I'm Rory and I'm Valerie and you can join us for the very best in local national and international sport every weekend on the Big Red Bench that's the Big Red Bench every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM Emro Award winning music station of the year. This is Cork's Red FM. Okay, a lot more outdoor activity back from today, including all sorts of outdoor sports. Go for it. A lot of people have been playing tennis, a lot of people playing golf, and all sorts of people training, and that's all great. So, of course, up in Dublin, the zoo will open, and our wildlife parks will open, and our pet farms will open, and all that would be great. Changes to funerals, 25, wedding stays at 6, and that's about it. But with, um, with wildlife parks in mind, I have family passes to give away all this week for FOTA. You want to take the family down there? Two adults, two children, one adult, three children, whatever works out for you. So we have these family passes every day this week. And between now and midday, I'll give away two family passes. Callers 10 and 11. But how will I do it? Well, we've um, got some wildlife sounds for you uh, from Photo Wildlife Park. Throughout the course of the week, you're going to be hearing monkeys. You're going to be hearing lions and things like that. And today you're listening out for the Macaw Parrot. And Photo Wildlife Park is home to the blue-throated macaws. The blue-throated macaw. Step up to the microphone, please. Thank you. When you hear that again, and you will, sometime between now and midday, call us 10 and 11 on one 104 106 for Photo Wildlife Park family passes. Okay, big shout out as well to good buddy of mine, good buddy of the program, good buddy of everybody on Lee side, the great Kieran Barry York celebrated his birthday at the back end of last week. So happy birthday, York! Happy birthday uh, to Kieran Barry. Hope the weekend went well for you. Um, and we will, um, we won't say the number, will we? Apart from it's one of those big ones, or as Ronan Collins calls them, roundy birthdays. It has something to do with the television show, it's sure to do with Bookham Dano and the island of Hawaii. <laughs> I don't know, it's my sense of humour. Anyway, back to the phone lines we go. John, good morning. Neil, good morning, buddy. How okay, are you, I'm man? good. My man spoke to uh, the keg fella, Sean, set up his own business. Um, it's hurting nobody. It's up to people to do with the keg as they please um, and not to be having house parties on the college road. And then Hoggy got a bit uh, annoyed about it and the vintner said that he needs a licence. Your thoughts? I'm surprised by Hoggy, really, because Sean, to my knowledge, is doing a grand job. What he's doing is that at least there's no takeaway points being done in the city, like a lot of the VFI vintners that are carrying out that at the moment. Um, Hoggy should know better because he's criticizing these old VFI members because they are giving away the. No, he didn't. He didn't have any. He didn't have any issue with that. I asked him. Well, he didn't. But at least Sean is. It's manned. Sean's going to a private premises. He's selling the keg. He's setting up the situation. Okay, but Sean, Sean then leaves, right? And he gets Sean back leaves. into his van and he goes away. And the couple of lads then inside, I'm not saying that Sean knows about this. He clearly doesn't. He sounds like a lovely guy to me and a very good son to his man. And he does. He um, does. And so the lads inside in the house have this keg and yeah. the gear and the cooler. And then they put up on a WhatsApp group or they text all of their friends, COVID party tonight. But that's not to the person who's after hiring the equipment. Hoggy's point is Sean. that Hoggy's point is that Sean has a moral obligation to bear that in mind when he sells it. Okay. Sean still has a duty of care, I presume, is the word that he's looking for. 
But Holly should know, like there's, there's pubs all over the place. Um, Neil, there's not a point to be to be got inside number town number crew for a pub, town that had twenty two pubs. So there's why isn't any of them doing? Why isn't any of them doing know. click and collect? None of them. I think that they're too responsible. That they don't want the hassle of it. It's only encouraging anti-socialising, the same as you have in the lock or down in the city keys, that publicans are causing it the problem at the moment. There's no, the, the issue with the keys is not anti-social behaviour because there is none, but there is it's huge gathering. quantity, well there is that, but they are outdoors, but there is huge quantities of litter and that's the head wreck. Yeah, okay, I also got videos in from Skull, right, which would be Club Piero as they call it down there. Have you seen the amount of stuff that the people of Skull had to clean up the next morning? I mean, you would not believe the amount of rubbish. I have, I have seen, Neil, but majority of this is probably off licences. I don't think there was a pub down in Skull. No, it's not, it's, it's not pints. It's all boxes and cans it, and it, bottles. It's, like and off, it's from stuff from like the, off like, so the, the shops or the off licences, whatever. Now, the Gardaí don't know what's happening, and I presume it's been watched or been, it's been looked at at least. But from what Sean is doing, Sean is looking after what he's selling it to a person. It's up to that person, that premises, as it's a private house, to look after that until Sean comes back to collect it. Vintners, tell me, I don't have the exact text from the Vintners Federation, but they said that there, there would be a license needed for that. Possibly. I have looked at the licensing laws, and I suppose this is the first time it's happened, or it's come around, that the likes of Sean have started up, and they're doing this kind of a business. There's a lot of places to set up their own pubs or their own little takeaway pubs inside in the back garden. But it's still manned under that premises, or it's, it's manned under that, that private property. Yeah, where you buy your own kit and um, get a but barrel look around at, um, We say around electric, John, or Neil. Electric, the amount of people drinking there was takeaway points was frightening. The same in Douglas was frightening. Douglas? They're getting takeaway points from pubs. Douglas? It should know better. Douglas also, yeah. Is that click and collect in Douglas pubs? There is, it's happening. All right, okay. You think that There's the likes of, say, Goldberg's, you think that Goldberg's shouldn't be doing it? I, I wouldn't think so. It's, it's not men's, Neil. It's, the only people that men are the Gardaí in, in the local park or in the, the local area, you know? If I, if I was saying 12 months ago, maybe, there might be a very strong argument to make, but is there still as strong an argument to make 12 months later? I, I believe it's just not controlled. You know, say, like myself and yourself go in and get a couple of points in any premises in the city for takeaway points. I'll go in, I'll get two, you get two, we'll go in, we'll go back then to another premise, or even the same premise, and get another two or three or four or whatever the scenario is. Before we know it, Neil, we're, we're away with the birds. You're not anyway. Yeah, so but there's no click and collect. Tone, you know that there's anyway. no click and collect in all of the pubs in McCroom, none of them. Not a point to be found. It's like a pioneer town at the moment. <laughs> okay. And you like it that way? You know, I, I think it's men, like, there's no hassle, there's no antisocial behaviour. There's nothing like that in McCroom at the moment. No antisocial behaviour associated with any of the um, key drinking? When I was passing the other night, Neil, it looked very, very, very bad. The witch? It really did. It looked very bad in the keys the other night when I was passing. Some might say it looked fantastic. It was great to see how people no, mixed No, definitely didn't. The fresh the air. Most of people that were there in, they were, they were in bunches. They weren't... Two feet apart, or there wasn't any distance between them. To be quite honest. You See, know? what wrecks my head is they leave everything behind them. I mean, I've seen oh, photos. Yeah, I mean, the lock. That was if it's thrown but into the river Lee itself. Somebody <laughs> has to get it over there as well, like you know. Okay, all right. Much obliged. Thank you, John. Regards to everybody yeah. in the town of Macroom. Also, um, the maybe the argument should be 
that the councillors should just hold their hands up and say, okay, the good weather, this is going to happen. It's going to be a magnet for this kind of activity. We need to put in the big, huge, you know, the big, you know, you see them in, in Spain. I don't know what you call them, municipal bins with the um, with the flip top. These are the massive ones with the flip back lid. I think I might have seen some kind of, some kind of large bin um, on uh, Kennedy Key in one of those videos. I think I'm right in saying that. Anyway, back to the phone lines. Maria, good morning. Hi, Neil. Uh, you have a bar in the house? Yeah. Have you kegs? We do. Where do you get well, them from? Where do you get the keg? Um, well, my husband gets all them now. He got the stuff at the end of uh, the first lockdown. He was able to get them. And he gets kegs in a few off licenses, I think. Okay. Yeah. So you can pull up the car, go around the back, and they'll put a keg into the back of the car and away well, you go. Yeah, he's a van. Okay, yeah. all right, and off you go. And how's it been working yeah. out for you? Are you um, just uh, just family members or, or what? Yeah, it's brilliant because, you know, the two of us will be just out there at the weekend, more from that, we're watching um, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire or The Chase, and we just sit out and have a few drinks. And we're actually, like, we'll be there till about 12 o'clock, but we're just in the back door then and up to bed. And I just want, you know, once you can do everything with balance, I can get up in the morning and then go for my run. And does it take you long to go through the keg? Um, I think he says you have it for about oh, four to six weeks. I'm afraid in case I'm wrong, no. So I know, I know. Be just, you think, and you can get half kegs. We'd half keg a Guinness. And, the cooler, and, and the cooler and everything. Cooler, the whole lot. But no matter what you say about a pub in your house or setting one up in the back garden, it's just not the same as the traditional public house, sure it's not? Oh, definitely not. And meeting up with friends. You know, normally when, when I have a night out, it's meeting up with a good lot of friends. Yeah. So, you know, even to go, even to go back to that, I can't wait because I wouldn't be having everyone in my house. And do do your friends and neighbours know you have it and are they jealous and asking for an invite to come in or anything like that? No, no. Like, all our, all our neighbours are lovely. We have friends across the way. So when we could, they would come over there um, before Christmas and, like, that, just have a few drinks out the back and... Uh, you know, it was easy. We'd have never done things like that before without it because it would have always been a big night planned out. Yeah. So, if yeah. anything, we're kind of seeing, like, I can't wait now to have, uh, when my aunts and uncles are vaccinated, they can't wait to come up and when we can do it. They'd be really, we wouldn't have done that before. But you could have two families outdoors in the back garden. Oh, we've done that before, but we yeah. haven't done it yet. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. We, in, When we were allowed. But, yeah. like, coming up to summer now, we, we'll definitely be doing it and barbecuing, you know, so it'll be nice. And we have, we have the TV out there so the matches can be on. It's <laughs> <laughs> an oasis. Sounds like heaven. Yeah. How was it the and last actually, couple of days with the lovely weather then? Oh, well, we're doing a bit of work at home. So, to be honest, all day yesterday, I've been kangoing up floor with my husband. <laughs> so we didn't get much use out of it. Are you handy with a kango hammer, you are? I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> Well done. <laughs> he well does done. everything, so that's why we were able to put that on. All right. He was well, quiet in the first lockdown, so that's how that got built. What are you, what are you building, an extension or something? Uh, no, we're just doing new floors. <laughs> Kangoing up the old floors. Okay. Kangoing up the old tiles. That's great therapy, isn't it? I tell you, Kango hammer is great for, for stress level. <laughs> It was good. Out of my dying hand, take this Kango hammer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll let you get back to it. Wear headphones or wear some kind of ear protection for that yoke. 
Oh, and the glasses and all. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Take care. Cheers, Maria. Take care. Bye. Back after the break, One eight fifty one zero four one zero six. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. There are two men with black bags cleaning at Kennedy Key at the weekends and those men are hired by the bars down there to keep an eye and to clear up all of the litter. Happy to pass that on. Keep those texts coming. Text 86 But just uh, staying in uh, the city centre and observations, say, from the last few days or indeed, I suppose, even longer now uh, with people gathering, text 0868104106. Jason's on two. Jason, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? Um, What was it like? Because I only saw the videos of it. Um, Well, like I originally grew up in the middle parish area, so I grew up in the city centre all my life. Um, and I'd never seen town as bad as it was Saturday when night. When you say bad, in what way? Like, uh, for, there was people just going to the toilet in the, um, on Grand Parade. Uh, Tucky Street there was just, it, it was just one big toilet. Like, 15, 16-year-old girls, boys, just peeing away out in the open. Uh, I didn't see one. I didn't see one cop. I didn't see one policeman. Or on Garda. Like, it, and I walked from the Western Road down. Like, I passed the cricket field. That was just black with people just drinking away in there. Inside in the cricket, on the on the cricket surface? Uh, no, do you know the field next to the cricket yes, field? Yes, I do know it. Yeah, the public yeah, one yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And the skate park. They were just black. But, um... And you have, uh, a, you have a problem with people gathering or the way they, that they no, pee no. and... what? See, I, I, I've, maybe I have an overly romantic view of it. Like, I don't... Like, honestly, I don't mind. Like, like especially young people, like, you know, being locked up for so long. And But it was the way they were acting, like, screaming and shouting on Grand Parade. Just rubbish everywhere. It was like a St. Patrick's Day parade. I was like, this is nuts. And I, I'd never seen it, like, that bad. And it wasn't just drink. I tell you, 90% of them were students. Like... Definitely, because uh, like I grew up in the city, it's it's that easy to to differentiate between okay. students and. Okay. But I were, were they were they actually pe- were they peeing into the fountain? Yeah, straight into the fountain, and it, like I'm not going to take a video of that. Somebody would think you're a pervert, so I was like. But you did see that though. Yeah, one or two guys standing up peeing away into the fountain. Their friends egging them on, girls cheering them on. I went down to um, speedos because I just ran in town to get a kebab. Um, and I went to Speedos and they had their doors locked they were like no we're closed because there was people pissing in their door excuse me peeing in their doorway like the whole of Tucky Street just smelled of pee I, I could never like i never seen that before Centra on the Grand Parade they, like they had two bouncers on the door there like that's that's nuts I've never seen bouncers on the door in Centra in my life to control numbers to control numbers but there was no control over them everybody was locked like completely out of it, twisted. Like I remember when surfers and say Sir Henry's was going, town used to be. It wasn't as bad as that. Like, and I honestly seen. I was like, I just wanted to get out of town. I was like, this is nuts, and I didn't see one, one police officer, one guardy, which kind of upset me because I know if there was a couple of fellas sitting down up in Nash's Boreen or anywhere on the north side or some parts of the south side. The guards would come along and confiscate their drink, but yet these, these they yeah. were allowed to drink away. Like I'm not. Where, 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 were they were they drinking stuff that they bought in off licenses, or did they have yeah. draft pints or what? 
Oh, there was fellas with bottles of vodka, cans. Uh, there was a lot of people with the takeaway pints. People that couldn't have been more than 16 years old with takeaway pints. Like, I seen the queues for the takeaway pints. There was no ID being asked for. Well, I only passed Soho now, and I seen down by electric. I just and go down that were way. Soho doing the takeout pints? Yeah, they were. There was just two young fellas handing out pints and taking money. I didn't see anybody being asked for ID, like... And do, um, do you think that some of those, you can't say with any amount of certainty that they actually served no. anybody who was underage, though? No, I can't. That's just my own observation. Like, yeah. it seemed that way because, you know, you can see if somebody's over the age or not. Um, and were, was there, were there queues for it and were they distanced in the queue? Did they no, have masks? No, there was no social distancing whatsoever. It was just a ball of people kind of thing. Same by Centra, because I ran into Centra to get a bottle of water. And I had the queue, and I was like, where is the queue? To the security guard. He's like, there. I was like, I was just a ball of people. There was no actual queue. There was no okay. social distancing. You you but said um, in your text you saw people fighting. Yeah, there was um, a couple of lads there, like, um, mixing in around the crowd. Um, uh, it was right by the corner of Tucky Street there in Grand Parade. A couple of lads, um, just a quick fight. I don't know, because I was only passing. Um, and I just seen some tra- slaps being thrown, um, and they couldn't have been more than fifteen or sixteen. Like, like that's that's crazy. I've never seen that in the city centre before ever. And that was um, Saturday night. Saturday night, and then from what I heard, I just didn't bother going in last night. From what I heard, it was the same last night. Okay, but, okay, but okay. I, I was the, the thing that really surprised me was there was I didn't see one one Gardy. Like. You you would I, think I, I, that like, they would have been visible, particularly on a Saturday night, and particularly yeah, when you have people gathering just, in large numbers. You know, just to keep the peace anyway, and you know, for people to be, like come here, we've all taken a pee in a, a doorway or whatever in town on a, a night out, but you're kind of discreet about it, or you go down a side alley or something, um, and then people will say, "Oh, there's no public toilets," but sort of like I guess that 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 is a point as well. But um, I don't know. I'm not against people gathering. I mean, everybody wants to, but uh, they, they need to get a, a grab on that straight away because... Like, and, what, and do I, what, like? What, what can one do? It, I mean, first It's illegal to drink outside. It's illegal to drink in public, right? That's it law. Yeah, it is. I don't get it. And like I said, if that was six or seven fellas up in Nash's Boreen, oh, I guarantee they'd be hounded out of it by the but guards it's not, straight away. Is it a reason that pubs should be open... If they've got outdoor facilities where people can sit, I mean, that wouldn't yeah. really work for that generation, you see. I guess, but I don't think there should be a low-run riot in the in the city centre like that. Like, I've seen foreigners, there was two Chinese girls in front of me uh, in the queue, and they looked like they were shiting themselves, like they were looking around like, what is going on? Like, it's not a good representation of the city, like. Um, and like I said, I grew up, in the middle parish area, like, town was, that was my town, like, and I, I never seen it that bad, like, in 16 years that I grew up there. Can you understand uh, not wanting to segregate people's age groups, but to some extent I have to from time to time, um, and for 20, and I understand every generation has had its issues with regards to this ongoing lockdown and the pandemic and everything that came with it, but... Certainly, um, teenagers and, and 20 somethings, and indeed 30 somethings, you, you grow out of it after that. But for them, they're just desperate for a bit of social interaction, a bit of fun with their friends. Yeah, I, I do understand that. And I mean, 
I guess like I've lived that that time as well. You know, like we grew up in the city and we we used to go bushing in spots we could find or whatever. Chances are you might have been one of them on Saturday night. You see, um, I don't think I would because my dad would have slapped the head off me if he seen me in town like that, like acting like that. You know, yeah, um, okay. but uh, it's just okay. I don't know. That's uh, it. Didn't really look very good. I just hope that they can get a handle on it. Or people start because between the lockdown and Bellfield and no town, they're just moving, moving around. All right, my man. Uh, and the good weather, of course, doesn't doesn't help. Sure, doesn't. Yeah, I'm away out there now to Lee Valley for a nice walk. All right, oh, pal, nice. enjoy it. Nice sure. one. Thank care. Take Bye-bye. care, Jason. Thanks Thank so much. You. Text 0868 um, And with regards to our, our streets and those that live upon our streets, can I just do this and I'll get back to your phone calls then. Kevin sent me an email regarding my conversation uh, from last week. He said, last week you spoke to a grandmother addicted to heroin living homeless in Cork City. I just want to tell you what I witnessed on Friday. So not unlike what Jason saw on Saturday... Uh, Kevin saw this on Friday. He said, I went for a a walk down River Lane on Blarney Street. The closest landmark to the lane would be the Joshua Tree pub. As I walked down towards town, I saw a guy lying on the steps with a syringe sticking from his arm. I tore out the syringe as he was getting convulsions. His girlfriend came down the steps and thanked me for saving his life. I told her to ring an ambulance. There were three people shooting up in that lane at the same time. It's frightening to see what Cork has become. Unfortunately, this is an everyday occurrence in this area. They leave the syringes then on the ground on what is a busy laneway with people going to and from work, visiting loved ones in the Mercy Hospital. When the incident happened on Friday, the two dealers that supplied the heroin ran to the top of River Lane and scurried off in different directions. I heard them, though, by the tone of their voices that were Eastern European origin male and female, uh, says Kevin by email to neil at uh, redfm.ie A lot of other texts on different topics from last week just one fast one if you wouldn't mind by email I'm not sending, I'm not great at sending emails so excuse me, my dad is 69 years old and has multiple sclerosis, he was due his medication in January and hasn't received it because the specialist will not issue it without the vaccine because the medication he receives lowers his immune system, we rang the specialist and was told they registered him, still nothing. Imagine how we feel that he has deteriorated so much with falls, and tonight he had a dreadful fall. Some of the family have told us they've been called for a vaccine with no illness, uh, and they cannot believe a man who has been starved of his important medications since January still has not got his, which is amazing, actually, because he should be, and should have been by now anyway, with regards to his MS and his underlying condition. But certainly, when they rolled out uh, 69 to 65, he should have been well done by now. Really and truly, there is no excuse for it. Um, With regards to other medical-related issues, and I know I touched on this Friday, no matter what way you peel this one, um, they're faffing about with South Dock on the north side, and the proposal that they have put in mind now for people to accept, accept is not South Dock itself. It's kind of like, call and we'll decide as to whether we'll visit or we'll, we'll meet you at the premises. That's not South Dock. Uh, not as we know it, say, for instance, on the Kinsale Road. Julie, good morning. Hi, how are you, And Nate? thank you for your lengthy text. You put an awful lot of work into it, but it's better to chat. So talk me through your story. Yeah. 
So um, I just really want to stress the importance of having Southwark in Blackpool and the Northside area because we seem to have nothing here at all. So on Friday, my two-year-old daughter, Ada, she was she felt kind of ill now. She's asthmatic. Um, so she kind of would kind of always suffer with her chest. But this kind of got a bit worse on Friday to the point that she was coughing so much. She was vomiting. Her temperature was high. So it, she had progressed throughout the evening and kind of got worse towards nighttime, kind of bedtime. So I rang Southdock at 11 o'clock. Um, the nurse rang me back about quarter past. She was lovely. The nurse, I can't fault the staff out there. No, at all. They were absolutely lovely on the phone. And she said, explained everything to her. She said, look, um, she'll probably have to get a COVID test. And I said, I don't mind that at all. Just once she gets some medication and is seen by a doctor. So she said, look, what I'm going to do is get the doctor to call you back. Half She's only morning. two now. Two years old. She's only two, yeah. Okay. So that was at about quarter past eleven. Half past two in the morning, the phone rang. Now Ada was asleep and all at that stage. And up until the then, she had been vomiting. She was at, like, it was the vomit was more from the cough, if you know what I mean. You know, she was coughing so much that no matter what, if she had juice or anything, she couldn't keep that down because the cough was forcing it out. So, um, anyway, the doctor rang back at half past two. At that stage, Ada had fallen asleep and I was, you know, you'll be thankful that she's getting a bit of rest and what have you. So I said to the doctor, said, could you bring her out to me now? And I said, look, being honest, it's half past two in the morning. I'm not waking a two-year-old child to bring her out in the cold, to bring her from Fair Hill to the, to Kinsale Road, which the doctor agreed with me. And she said, look, you just have to monitor her breathing and what have you for the rest of the night. So I said, no problem. She said, ring back at nine o'clock and we'll get a doctor to see her. So I rang back at nine o'clock and the doctor said that she'd come to come out straight away, that they'd see me, which they did. But like at that stage, it was 12 hours before I was seeing a doctor, you know. Um, so we went out at nine o'clock. She checked days out and everything. She had a really bad chest infection. They gave steroids and an antibiotic. And did you know where you were going? Had you been there before? I had been there before. Okay. Yeah, um, only because at one stage, maybe a couple of years ago, Blackpool was so busy that, and I drive thankfully, so they said, can you make it to Kinsale Road? And I said, yeah, no problem, but you wouldn't mind in them circumstances no, when you do no, drive no, and what have you. over, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she said to me, we're going to give you an antibiotic and a steroid. She said, the next couple of hours are vital. If her breathing changes, you have to go straight to A&E. So I said, fine. And she said, another thing, we need to get a COVID test done. Now, thankfully, she got the COVID test Saturday evening and her results came back yesterday and they were negative. The antibiotic is kind of kicking in now and she's a small bit brighter, still not 100%. But I just think, like, what I want to stress is that that was 11 o'clock Friday evening and I didn't see a doctor till 9 um, So what, that, tell, what tell, that tells me is that Kinsale Road are already overworked. Yeah, and as well, Neil, I put up a status on Facebook. Now, like I said, I, the staff out there were amazing. What did you know what I mean? I can't fault them and it's not. They're like, you know, you'd feel sorry for them too because they're overloaded with the work. But I put a status up on Facebook to which nearly 60 or 70 people commented that had similar um, experiences. And one girl rang and she, she commented and she said that in her case, She's from the north side as well, and they actually sent her to Mallow a couple of weeks ago. Um, oh, and they told her, Look, we don't know, will Mallow see you because you're from the city, but that could be her only choice. And another girl said she rang at eight, and it was three in the morning, 
before her doctor returned her phone call. And how do you feel about the announcement that the, that the doctor assigned to a mobile shift will see the patient by arrangement if deemed clinically appropriate, uh, but that they expect people to be happy enough, these are my words, not theirs, to go to the Kinsale Road instead? I know, and like I think that's desperate. They say most people, they say that the the number of people that they'll have to make that call on, you know, as to whether they'll see the person or not, will be small because the majority of patients have transport and are happy to travel. But that's it. But what about the people that don't have transport? Like, and especially the way the world is at the moment, and a lot of people are out of work and their money. If there was a case, they had to get taxis from the north side to the Kinsale Road to and from. Like, that's an expense itself. There should be something in the north side, especially for kids. Should be seen straight away, I think. But especially for everybody, there's absolutely nothing here for us. Um, in in them circumstances, you know what I mean. Were you born and reared on the north side? Yeah, yeah. What area? Myself. And I was born in Knocknaheeny, but I moved to Fairhill recently myself with my daughter. And do you think that there is an unfair balance on both sides of the river? Have you always thought that? Do you think it at all when you were young, growing up and into your teens? I think it was never really brought to my attention until now. You know what I mean? Um, I never really would have thought of it in that way, but I just think, why why is it a case that it's just... um, Kinsale Road have South Dock and that the North Side can't have something. Even if it was the case that there was one doctor to answer the phone calls or to ring people back, there's like 11 o'clock to half past two in the morning is a big stretch when you're worried about your child. I actually considered ringing A&E at one stage and, you know, you'd be panicking and what have you. But, um, yeah, it was half past two before someone got back. I just don't think it's enough for us, like. And how is she now? She's getting, she's on the mend, not a hundred percent, but the antibiotics and steroids definitely are giving her a bit of a boost, you know. Okay, okay. Uh, Keep an eye on her. I know you will. Thanks, Julie. Take yeah, care for now. No Cheers. problem. Thanks, Neil. Thanks I'm for taking a, the call. I'm a past driver of South Dock. Blackpool was just as busy as Kinsale Road, week in, week out. Rough figures of cases generated when I was there annually were, and this is annually. Kinsale Road, fifty thousand. This is the amount of um, um, patients seen, 50,000. Blackpool, 45,000. Middleton, 20,000. Mallow, Fromoy and the rest of the smaller centres would range between 5,000 and 10,000. If you combined all of the centres, South Dock have in Cork and Kerry against just Blackpool and Kinsale Road, Blackpool and Kinsale Road would have much, much more. As mentioned previously, these were figures when I worked there a couple of years ago. It could well have changed. The figures would be made up of treatment centre appointments, home visits and doctor advice. So if there were 50,000 annually on the Kinsale Road, there was 45,000 annually in Blackpool. You would think that that would be reason enough for both to be open and seeing patients that need them. Back after the break. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. Okay, hard to get out of your head. Jason's description of the city on Saturday night with people peeing into the fountain and he said Tucky Street smelling uh, of uh, urine and all the other conversation I had with him and the things that he described. Um, but that's where we're at, lads. That's the life where, well, not everybody, obviously, but those that feel that they need social interaction and to be amongst their friends and have a couple of drinks. But the litter aspect is another one of it. Uh, I believe Goldbergs are employing people to collect, um, but I imagine that they're also collecting an awful lot of rubbish and litter and junk that isn't of their making because people bring a lot of their own stuff along. 
but they collect it on a nightly basis by all accounts. Uh, morning, and these are just texts on that, so when you're ready, I can blast through those and just uh, get through some of the texts from this morning. It's no one's business what anyone does in their own home. End the lockdown nonsense. That's a reference, of course, to the keg fella. Um, I don't know about the idle hour, but in Goldbergs, there were staff walking up and down the queue every now and then telling people to wear masks if they were queuing. They were being told that on an ongoing basis if they were queuing for, queuing for drink. To say that the queues weren't manned is not the truth. In fact, it's a lie. There was a huge bin in Kennedy Key, all right, which was overflowing. Yes, and apparently that huge big bin that I saw was actually put there uh, by Goldbergs. Uh, morning, says the Baldy Barber. People must have a terrible thirst for alcohol. I, I think there's a lot more to it than just that. It's social interaction. It's being with your friends amongst your peers and just hanging out. Uh, that people just can't do it anymore. Um, fact check. Beer gas is not explosive. CO2 and nitrogen. I, I always thought that there was um, a bit of a gamble uh, to the using gas when it was, um, you know, in liquid form. But anyway, same way there isn't. Uh, what's next? I see so many people setting up bars the weekend. The bars will be empty when they reopen um, with the amount of people setting up their own. I think that the whole culture of socializing is changing and has changed and you know not everybody will go back to the old ways typical begrudging irish the young fella's making a few bob for himself and what about it has to do with the kegfella.ie uh, he said it's 240 euro for the keg neil he makes his money renting out the taps and glasses at the cost of 100 for the first day and 50 for every day thereafter yes indeed we did clarify that but thank you uh, you need a license to sell drink a liquor license VAT is a different issue profit or non-profit it is an offence to sell it without proper licensing uh, and the VFI said the same begrudgery is, is what is motivating publicans who aren't happy begrudgery with regards to the keg fella go on Neil affect the begrudgers they hate to see anyone else getting on um, bum, 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 bum. Uh, we bought a fancy shed last year and got in a tap with the gas and all that jazz. You can buy a keg or a half a keg, say, for instance, in Galvin's for prices stated on your show earlier. We bought a keg over Christmas. Half of it was wasted because no one really knew how to pull a pint. I think it was more the novelty of having it than any uh, than any um, anybody wanting to be langers for four days solid. The keg lasted about three weeks. We just tipped away. Morning, I have a bar in my house for a couple of years now. Now and then I get a keg and it would last me for three months. Morning, I think people need to realise the majority of college roadhouses have eight bedrooms. 88 pints in a keg, but about eight pints would be thrown down the drain just trying to set up the keg. So 80 pints between eight fellas is fairly doable if you're 20, 21 or 22. That being said, I'm not sure exactly what's going on either. Um, well, you know, you say fellas, but it could be both sexes, uh, well able to loft the pints. The majority of college houses have seven or eight people, so over the course of a few days, it is not irresponsible drinking at all. Selection of texts, and there are many more besides that, so keep them coming, text 868 Pick up the phone on 1850 Um Anna, Hi. I know. I know that your teens don't litter, but somebody is, you know. Yeah. Yeah, accept that because we we see the evidence of it. Like, you know. oh, completely. And when um, the drinks in, then cop on is out. That's the problem. Yeah, but it would be that would be my uh, son's biggest issue is when he sees his peers littering. Um, it drives him bananas. Um, but it's just my kids, thankfully, are very, very anti-littering. Um, 
down partly to us, but also they're involved with scouts, so they very much believe in the leave no trace behind them. Um, but my 15-year-old thinks that they should uh, bring back the the recycling thing where you used to get money back if you brought back your cans or your bottles. And he just thinks it might encourage other people to recycle more. And when did we have that kind of a system? That must have been when I was a kid, is it? Yeah, exactly. Like, he's never experienced it. But just, um, I know when we went on holidays to, I think it was Amsterdam, that they do that with the plastic bottles there as well. You can bring them back to supermarkets and you feed them into a machine and it gives you out, like, a credit note. Um, do you know what? And I just... Cans, I bottles, plastic, stuff like that. maybe encourage younger people to recycle those sort of items then. Yeah, I mean, litter is, litter is an aspect that we live with, but... The, the the amounts of it now re- relating to you know people socializing during covid that's a, on a completely different level you see you you're not going to unless you provide oh, unless you provide yeah, no, huge I don't dispute that at all either um but he was just thinking on a day-to-day basis that it would encourage younger people to recycle those items do you know like even if it was a case you brought it back to the shop and once you'd brought back 10 of them it entitled you to a free drink or something like that it would just be more incentive not to throw them everywhere. no i mean in fairness to, to be thinking that way but is that where we're at now having to pay kids not to litter unfortunately it may yeah, be yeah does he call his mates out when he sees him do it then some of them he does, some of them he doesn't. Like he even said there was a day there last week and he was walking a couple of miles home and all his friends were laughing at him because he carried his drinks container the whole way until he found a bin. What did they do? They would have. I I don't know whether they were or were not drinking that day, but he does say like that people do throw it down and sometimes he'll pick it up himself and he'll kept carried along with his stuff. Other days he doesn't. I suppose it's difficult as well, like being 15, because you are at the mercy of your peers That's and if they're it. all laughing yeah. at you for doing it, yeah. there's only so much of a stand so, so he's a willing bra- to take. He, but he's a brave young fella, brave young fella to, to take that kind of razzing or the lad's joking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like I've, we've a, a nine-year-old and a four-year-old and they both have the same opinion on litter. But I thought I have a very strong opinion on litter as well. So it has rubbed off on that. And that's where they didn't lick it from the street. They got it from you. Yeah. Well done. Okay, thanks for that. I don't know whether that would ever catch on here again. Years and years and years ago, uh, you did get a couple of pence back on bottles, particularly glass. I don't think it was on anything else. I'm open to correction on that. I mean, we can go back to the old stories when things were being rationed and even jam jars and, and glass jars like that. They all had a value on them. Um, but I suppose in this disposable society we live in now, Unfortunately, way too many people don't think about that, or they don't think about the climate context, the climate context either, or just you know keeping things nice and clean and tidy. Well, I was in I was in the city yesterday morning. It was quite early. I was cycling. It was around about I don't know quarter past half past ten. It was beautiful. It was pristine. I mean, the city was just so clean and gorgeous, and there were so few people around. Imagine go back another couple of hours later and it got busier, but that hour of the morning, I mean, I was sharing it with other people, but not many, you know. It was just so gorgeous and the sun was shining and it just filled you. And then I cycled all the way out the, the, through the Mardike and way out through the leaf fields and everything. At that stage, it was getting busier and people were walking and the, the kids and then their dogs. And at the back of the Kingsley, they were doing coffee and scones and biscotti and biscuits and all sorts of stuff like that and even that lovely walkway that takes you from the Mardike side of it across the Lee 
and you can go down then by Irish distillers and end up on the North Mile. That was all beautiful. There was fellas fishing. A few lads were fishing with their fishing rods there near Kingsley and doing no harm to no man. It was fantastic. But the city was so clean and so beautiful on a sunny day. It's such a gorgeous place. Um, and do you know where I, you know where I went actually? Because I was down around uh, the Colca area. And if you, if uh, I'm not suggesting you do it because the cops probably wouldn't like it to be hanging out down there. But if you go down the side of uh, the Bridewell, just down there where the old wood providers were, it's all gone now. But there was a lumber yard there years and years ago. Uh, there's a big site now that has been cleared, I think, for for um, for construction. But just past the Bridewell on the right hand side is the women's toilet, or as it's called there on the sign, Manaw. And it's made out of the most beautiful carved limestone. And it's just sitting there. You, you couldn't do anything with it now because there's all sorts of buildings around it and there's, it's probably way beyond its best before date. But there was a second one of those for fear. Right, so that's the Manor one. I don't know whether it got moved down there. It was my understanding that it was always further up the keys, but maybe that's just looking it through a child's eyes. But that's where it is now. It's down by, quite sure somebody out there will correct me if I'm wrong or steer me in the right direction. But it's still there. And that is the partner of the men's one, which was on Merchant's Key also, um, but made completely different. I mean, there wasn't the men's one wasn't as nice a building, but the women's one in itself is beautiful just as a structure. Anyway, so that was my uh, bit of a trek around uh, the city yesterday and what have you. Um, The guys in Goldbergs don't leave until the whole street is cleaned. They wait until everything in the area is spotless. Uh, And this one, will you please tell Neil, I said, thanks for not leaving these small-minded people who don't want pubs doing takeaway to get much airtime this morning. Well, that isn't intentional, incidentally. I'm trying to get the balance right, but... um, Thank you, Liam Barry and Goldbergs. He said, yes, those big bins are ours. We collect all rubbish every day. 80% of it is not ours. Most people bring their own uh, glass, which we spend hours cleaning up each night. And that's from Liam Barry and Goldbergs. Morning, um, leave, bring their own. It says in BYO, okay. Uh, Leave Soho alone. They have it run brilliantly. I even got cocktails from them a while back. And they are just doing their best. Uh, I had an awful sight of seeing a woman going to the toilet in public view beside Three Little Piggies Cafe on the Keys. That would be Union Key. And another two women doing the same outside Havana's, nine o'clock on a Saturday night. Absolutely disgusting. But it wouldn't be happening if City Council put in what they should put in and the service that they should provide as a council, and that is public toilets. As a Fitzgerald's Park Saturday, what a beautiful day it was. People were all in great form. What I want to know is why the fountain doesn't work and it looks awful. All weeds, all overgrown. It's a total eyesore. I remember as a child all of the beautiful flowers in the park. Um, and I don't go in there anymore because I'm on the bike. Um, so I stay out of it because I think that really it's just getting in the way of people. So I stay out. But are there still lilies on the pond? The beautiful lilies on the pond. It's been a while since I've been in there. Uh, back after the break, text 0868104106. Back after these. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. <laughs> You know the deal, one 850 These are Fota Family Day Passes. Callers 10 and 11, one 850 Oh, also, only call if you have a family to take the photo with you or get a makey-uppy family to go, but get dialing now, one 850 Two quick calls before I leave you today. Siobhan, good morning. 
Good morning, Neil. How are you? I suppose to some extent, I tend to try and look at these things through romantic eyes or rose-tinted glasses, but Jason described it, the reality of it as being entirely different at the weekend. Go ahead. Oh, my God. Like you know, I walked around the city yesterday with my um, three kids, my husband, and we have a tiny little miniature Yorkshire Terrier. She's six. I think she's a Rockweiler, but anyway. <laughs> so we walked up around UCC area. Absolutely beautiful walk. We headed back around over. Is it Clark Bridge, that bridge there? That brings you to the Grand Parade? Is that the name of the bridge? Um, brings you on to Washington Street. No, on to the Grand Parade. What's the name of that bridge there? That the Walking Bridge. Nano Nagel Bridge. Nano Nagel Bridge. So yeah. we walked on to Grand Parade heading... We were meant to be going up to McDonald's, but it was closed. So we walked the Grand Parade. I was absolutely horrified at the glass that was up. All, I mean, this was our happiest one. Yesterday. I dog in my arms yesterday, Sunday. Uh, glass absolutely everywhere. Splashers of blood. Like, I was like freaking out. The children had good, strong trainers on. So, like, I was like, if they had fist blocks or sandals, I would have been <sighs> I was panicking. Like, it was desperate. Did they so notice it, the kids? They did notice the yeah, there. I mean, my little fellow Rory was like, Mom, is that blood or is it ketchup? It was dry blood. But I knew straight away. And I was like, no, because he'd be freaking out. So I said, let's move over to the other side. But the whole side was destroyed. I mean, the whole, you know how wide that walkway is there. It was littered in broken glass. God. So all the way up, all the way up to the light. I mean, past Soho, I mean, there was just broken glass everywhere. Okay. 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 I'd never go near the place again. Okay, but what are we going to do about this? Like, because oh, like no, nationally, mind. nationally, it's down to our politicians to deal with how quickly or slowly we get out of all of this. But do you think if pubs were open or had you know had where you could go and have a drink outdoors, would that would that stop all of that? I think that was certainly. Or is it an issue for the guards? What is it? Well, there was no guards. I mean, I do. I wasn't there the night before, but I mean. The guys, what are the guys going to do? I mean, it's the young people. I do feel sorry for them to a degree. I mean, they have nowhere to go. We're lucky we have homes and we have families and all the rest of it, gardens and whatever. But I mean, they have nowhere to go. No, that's not no excuse either for them to be destroying the city. But yeah, I think the pubs should open up outside areas and leave them socialised. They need to socialise. As, Thank you for as, that. As I say, it's all young people, you know. So. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Much obliged. Uh, I'm not cutting you short. I'm just going to run out of time if I don't get Tina on the air. Tina, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. Um, wh- where are you now? Are you around? I'm actually standing outside Goldbergs as we speak after walking from Blackrock Castle. And I walked all up the marina and I didn't see a cigarette butt the whole way up. Not a broken glass bottle, absolutely nothing. I'm standing outside the idle hour now in the sun and it's absolutely spotless. Okay, so what, whatever was there was cleaned up by someone. You suggest it was Goldberg's did all the clean up. Well, I'd imagine, like, on their defence, the place is meticulous down here at the moment. But Even all down the marina. I walked the marina and it's spotless. You're aware. You're aware, the, aware that you're aware of the story out of y'all, where they had to close down a school because of an outbreak from a house. Now that was a, a party in a house. I get that. You don't yeah. think there's as much risk, say, on on Kennedy Key, no? No, not as. No, I actually passed on Saturday on the opposite side of the river on my way back from Middleton, and I saw all those crowds there. No, I wasn't like. I was at the opposite side of the river. No, there was an awful lot of people there, but there is no evidence of the, the mass crowds they're talking about down here now at this minute. Ah, there was no, there's no after evidence, yeah. No after. No, like, yeah. absolutely not. Nothing. There's not a cigarette butt. And I walked the whole way from the marina where you get the coffee all the way up 
and nothing. Okay, thank you for that. On okay, that positive note, you. I shall love you and leave your lines to stay open. You can text 0868104106. Don't forget, if you have a story to share, email neil at redfm.ie. Lovely day today. Make the most of today. Enjoy the sunshine. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.